When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Kogan Money Credit Card, packed full of value with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. That's what they call a hamburger with a lot, folks. Welcome to what is going to be a busy edition of SEN Summer Breakfast. No mucking around today and on the McCafe menu our official coffee partner. We've got Ben Rothenberg, stateside leading international tennis journal, of course. Mac Horton, just an Olympic gold medalist. We thought we'd get him on the line as well mm. to touch base with the big Mac. Hilton Cartwright's going to join us. Melbourne star struggling, uh, stuck to the foot of the BBL table. But no fault of this man, Hilton, being in fine form of late batting at three. And the amazing story and achievements of Achana Murray Bartlett. Uh, a marathon marvel is an understatement. She's finishing. We've seen a lot of running challenges in recent times, but this takes the cake. We'll detail it with her a little bit later on in the program. She is running from Cape York, Cape York to Melbourne, a marathon every day for about 150, if you don't mind. SEM Breakfast is for the Kogan Money credit card packed full of value. And every time I see this man, I see value. Simon O'Donnell is here. Scoop. That's extraordinary. Those marathons. Might be 155 by the time she's Yeah, 155. Can't be done. Not for you? No. That's, that's, I've got a book. That's superhuman stuff. That's, that's out of the realms. It's, it's they just get bigger and better and more bold every time. I've got a book on my bookshelf at home uh, of a guy in the States who ran 50 marathons in 50 days. This is going back 15 years. It was, he made a whole career out of it. He had 50 and 50, had a book, he had a documentary done. And, Chana Murray Bartlett, who who grew up um, out in the Arrow Valley, is about to do 150. A, 150 has she marathons. done them yet or is she halfway through She's them, got she about six, oh, I reckon four maybe to go by now. We'll check in with her. Four. She's got a handful She's left. She's done 151. Isn't it crazy to think that you're only, only four or five marathons away? <laughs> she finishes on Friday. Most of us would be, you know, lucky to get through one, one and she considers herself one, close when she's five, got a handful left. 42. 6,342 yeah. kilometres. Yeah, that's right. That's what we're talking. And she's not. she's gone over the high country. She's gone over Buller. She's gone over Falls Creek. She's been on trails. She's been on roads. She what started sort of time is she averaging? Oh, what do you want her to run PBs every day? <laughs> no, I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't know. I think she'd be cruising. I think she'd be just, just cruising. Be four hours? I reckon four, four and a half hours for someone like her, perhaps. Does the body handle that? We'll check in with her. And she's doing it, obviously, raising money, I think, for the Wilderness Society anyway. So, well, boy, they get bigger and better she runs each and every 6, time. 6,342 cases well into the wilderness. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> do that in a straight line. When do we finish up? Well, what did you do yesterday? Did you run a marathon yesterday? No, I didn't run a marathon yesterday. No, I, I did farming things, chores. What happened? Chores. Nothing. You had a Just little birdie. farming day. Little birdie told me there was a, a sort we of lost a, one yesterday. a rescue, but yeah, it was we, a bit, you were a bit late. I was a bit late for rescue. What happened? Well, one, uh, unfortunately, probably snake bite, I reckon. It ended up in the middle of the dam, wasn't too well. Cow? Yeah, so had to get it out of the dam. How does one do that? Swim out and get it. Well, hang on, it's, but it's floating. It's floating. 
and you swam out there, swim David out. Hasselhoff style. Yeah. What well, you can't just his, how I'd, do you pull a cow out of the water? What does one of those things weigh? Chain around its leg. You swim out with a chain or a rope, whichever, and you hitch it around the leg, and you dog paddle back in towing a cow. Bad income. Well, as farmers, we do stuff. Jeez, do you ever? And then, boy, how do you get it from the from the bank to the? Well, then you then once you get it to the bank, you can attach the chain properly and you tow it out. Jeez, it's not moving at you or anything. You're a bit late on the rescue, then. I was, I was a bit late on the rescue, but I, you know, I don't know. It's only happens quickly, so I'm I'm thinking it was possibly snake bite, right? And she's gone in there just when she's starting to hit her nervous system and that to keep cool and whatever, and yeah. she's. Passed uh, away in the dam. She had to come out of the dam. Gee, that's no so we good. had a bit of a put on the budgies and off I went for a yeah. bit of a swim. How does one, Eddie, what, Eddie, what sort of dam are we talking? You have to swim a fair way in there? Or, dam, or big? 10 or 12 metres. Oh, okay. Maybe you go in. And, Jeez, your day was a bit more adventurous. And you, you wear, oh, and you wear, um, <laughs> you. Every time you look up, there's a snake on the TV. It is amazing, isn't it? What's going on with these snakes? Well, my day yesterday, far less adventurous than yours. I watched my deck get comp- – the deck's done. It's done. It's done. The silver ash. Did, I, did we talk about this? Yeah, you went off the we've black button with the, the silver ash. We've gone with the silver ash for supply. But, geez, she looks good. So, Does shout it? out to George who did it for me. Built by GD. Amazing. Two days, done. Now, I've got to go and I've got the, the recipe for how to treat it. Mm-hmm. So I've got to get some uh, some natural decking oil. I think Cabot's doing nice natural decking. I'll get a lamb's wool sleeve, yes. but I've got to clean her first, really clean her good, get gotcha. the deck clean. Yeah, a bit of high-pressure stuff perhaps, really clean her right back, let it dry, and then a couple of coats of this uh, this nice natural oil should be magnificent. Well, but I think it's still, hence the name. Photos, I think if please. You, yeah, I've got some here. I think it would it will silver off quite nicely if you, if you were to let it do that after the initial coat, but I think we'll... Do you like potatoes? Yeah, love them. Do you? Yes. Oh, Everyone like potatoes in here? Coxie, you obviously like them. Who doesn't love a potato? Yeah, Brooksy, okay. <laughs> I'll bring you some farm ones tomorrow. Man's We're, got to have carbs. Oh, the, my wife's, the veggie garden at the farm, oh. my wife tends to, she brought in a whole bucket of potatoes yesterday. What are Beautiful. These, what we had, sort of we variety? had a couple of dinner last night. Beautiful. So what would you recommend we do with them? Are they more you do, sort of... We, we roasted them last night whole and then cut them in half and they were... Crunchy on the outside, put a bit of oil around them before that. And David. They, you know, they're all soft inside, beautiful. David off the text has done the maths. It's 3,589 kilometres from Cape York to Melbourne. Must be doing a lot of inland running to rack up the 150. She is, David. It'll be more than 6,000 kilometres by the time mm. she finishes um, Achana Murray-Bartler. We'll, well get to her a little bit later. It's 155 on. by 42, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's more than 6,000. Hey, yeah, speaking of running. Before, 6,510. Speaking of running, how was, the, how was the chaos and the scrambling and the running after the horses in the Magic oh. Millions beach race yesterday? What happened up there on the Gold Coast, please? <laughs> this is your field of expertise. <laughs> what happened? Well, they, they canter the horses along the beach. You know, it's part of the, the background and the launch of the Magic Millions Week, which is the sale kicked off yesterday. It's on fire. Big crowds down there, and the surf's style. rolling in. Sur- surf's rolling in, but um, a couple of horses must have either got spooked or whatever and, and have, have dislodged their riders, and they've just had a bit of a look around surface, unannounced, onto the highway, and off they went. There Ooh. they are galloping down the main streets of Broadbeach, basically. 
Yeah. For 20 minutes. Yeah, they went onto the highway. I saw them get a, They went to a roundabout. There There must have been a drone and one of the shots I saw. Both come in a white car, you know, just to go into the roundabout. Yeah. And horses come cantering straight at him, you know, with saddles on, bridles over their heads, you know, flopping around. But they got them and the horses are fine and they've all been ticked off by the vet and all's okay. So for all yeah, those no, 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 no. Horses were harmed. Yeah, we need to horse. stress. But how's how's? Right. I think both the riders were okay. Bar you know, the, probably the egos were a bit dented. dented we, we were talking about it before, though, before we came on air. How is it that the horses escape and there's almost a need to pursue them on horseback as well? It was like a wall. <laughs> it's like a western up there. <laughs> you know, the, the police are on the officials are on horseback. Everyone there's lassos. <laughs> it's like you can't just drive after them. It's like, well, hang on. We better get on pursuing the horsebacks. Over. Uh, it's just chaos up there. But imagine walking the streets of the Gold Coast and you see a thoroughbred just charging oh, yeah. at you. Extraordinary. Crikey's, it'd be frightening. And it's mid-morning, so it's busy. Yeah. You know, yeah. and everyone's up there on holidays, of course, and suddenly a couple of horses canter down, what's that main street there? Uh, of Broadie. Or Cav- uh, Cavill Avenue. Cavill? Yeah. <laughs> he's, just, yeah. he's coming out of the, you know, the penthouse. There's been some thoroughbred stroll Cavill Avenue and it's has A bit of a, a, bit of a night. You're just walking out. <laughs> Meow. That's <laughs> right. There goes Damien Oliver. Oh, didn't have a bet in that race. <laughs> uh, not Cabot's must get Sickens deck oil, says the big girl. Are you Sickens on the back on um, some cladding out the back of the of the house which came recommended, which which has been good? So anyway. And I think you'll give the journalism presentation media thing away. I'm not doing any of the work. I'm only watching. I I think you're becoming a (laughs) flipper. I think you're going to be a flipper. You're going to be a buy, do up, flip. Not at all. And you might just be our modern day, our Aussie version of Bear Grylls here, we're being told, giving (laughs) you your cow cow rescuing. I don't know if this is just me, but do you have a a dragonfly problem at the moment? (laughs) I've got a dragonfly problem. You did say this. I don't know if this is since the new house got completed because I've never had this happen once in my life. But in the space of the last week, I reckon I'm averaging two dragonflies a day coming in, and they're huge. And I'm trying to get them out, but dragonflies, if someone can educate me, appear to be a very sensitive creature. Now, I'm just gently trying to sort of shoo them towards the exit. They don't make it. They don't make it. I don't know if they come into contact with something they shouldn't. They die. They drop dead within, I want to say, a minute. They buzz around furiously, and you can't get near them. And the next thing you know, lifeless. They're not faking it, are they? <laughs> no, they're not faking it. Yeah, so you go when, away and then they... No, because when I'm sweeping them from the dustpan into the real <laughs> bin, that would be the time to, to come <laughs> clean. <laughs> to come clean. They're not coming clean, Scoop. So, oh, the poor old dragonfly. I don't know if there's some sort of plague, for lack of a better word, or there's a lot of them around, or maybe just in my neck of the woods there's quite a few dragonflies, but they come straight in. Two days of plague. Well, when you've had none, I've had, I've never had a dragonfly come into my home. Have you? Yeah. And I'm going, I'm going on two a day, easy at the moment. Yeah, Just buzzing in big whoppers too. Yeah. Big suckers. You're driving around the car, and you've you know you got the window down, you got the elbow out, you're having a great day up in the bush, and one flies into the car and starts buzzing around, hitting the windscreen and the Jeez. wheel because they they do panic. Yeah. Assuming they panic and kill themselves. Maybe. Or they just I don't know the what's little going heart on. Just yeah. Enough. Yeah, I shouldn't be here. Get me out of here, and then that's it. Don't know. It's a, it's yes, yes, Simon. Yes, they don't make it. There are lots of deck advice coming in. (laughs) No, no, Coxie. No more team gets used. All right. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why? I want them to try to get them out. Why? Nah. Nah. They're in your house. They're invading your bloody 
I don't. You, 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 sanctity, you, you place. If Gary Lyon, if Gary yeah. Lyon were here, he'd say we've got the, the smartest radio audience in the business because David Imernda's going to educate me on dragonflies. I reckon, David. Good morning to you. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, morning, Sammy. Look, um, I just wanted to sort of give you a small bit of education on the dragonflies. The reason you'd see so many about at the moment, um, rather than normal, is because they've got an infestation of food at the moment, as in mosquitoes everywhere. Ah, magnificent. So they need to be helped, Simon, because they're getting rid of all these blood-sucking mozzies, David. That's absolutely right. So, uh, so the next time you're shooing it away and you're getting bitten at night time, just remember the one you shoot away could have been preventative. <laughs> Magnificent, David. Thanks. For the, yeah. And there's nothing worse, is there, than at this time of the year when you finally turn the light off and you put your head on the pillow and you hear that. And that is the most irritating thing in the world. And there's no way to get rid of it. More <laughs> Thank you for everyone else texting in as well. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a smart man when it comes I to this sort of stuff. I never knew dragonflies ate mosquitoes. Look at all these people yeah. coming in with saying eating the mozzies. Yeah. That's why there's so many around. They're eating 200 mozzies a day. Uh, Sammy, I've never pulled so many dragonflies out of the pool in the last few weeks. And, and Cam's saying dragonflies everywhere. And this is why. Because we know all the rain, yeah. mozzies are just chronic mm. at the moment. Mm. So there you go. There you go. That's why we're helping them, Simon. Correct. Well, you killed two. Yeah, well, I'm doing my best to. I'm no Kevin Costner. I'm trying to sort of play bodyguard and get them back out yeah. in the backyard. Actually, uh, like, you're not the tallest, most framey sort of person. You know, Thank you. So, you to physically intimidate a dragonfly, I think it's a pretty good effort from you. Jeez. There's something else I want to talk about after this break, actually, that shocked me yesterday, that got forwarded onto me. It went nuts online. A receipt for what a man paid for a pint at the Byron Bay Hotel mm. between Christmas and New Year last year. The price of it, I don't know if I've just been living in a cave. I don't drink much beer these days, but the cost of a pint at the Byron Bay Hotel <laughs> was, was absolutely extraordinary and has, extraordinary. has divided some opinion online. So we'll get to that um, as well and tell you what, it's all change, all change in the Big Bash. We've got stars leaving, stars coming in. How can we not hang on to Chris Lynn though? Top run scorer all time, top run he's scorer staying, this year. Christian, he's he? not staying. He's leaving the Strikers. He's got I to play in the U.S. No, staying until no, they were out. All change, all change. Oh, that's no good. No, it's he's no good. good form. Seventy again last night. Sixty-nine was it? Big show coming up on the McCafe menu today. So stay with us. They are our official coffee partner. The SEN uh, summer brekkie program for the Koga Money credit card, packed full of value. I'm excited. The Kogan Money Credit Card, packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Thanks very much, Steve's giving me some deck advice. I'm straight to Bunnings after this, Steve, after the show to, to pick up that uh, lamb's wool applicator on a deck brush. That's what it's all about today. I'll just be out there, just just back and forth. Wax on, wax off. Painted defence. That's what we'll be doing today. And, hey, how's the dragonfly sightings? I hope that dragonflies don't bite you. Like, what, what, what about the brothers and sisters and the family of the two you murdered yesterday? No, and I'll be Did thinking of ways back? 
now, now learning what they're all about, I'll be thinking of ways to actually attract them in the dragonflies. But uh, what do you Mick, want them in your house for? Oh, because there if there'd be no mozzies anywhere. Beautiful. Uh, for, although I'm being told from Jeff in uh, Williamstown here, for dragonfly capture, get a butterfly net or a fish net. That might be a nice sort of way to just steer them back to safety. Uh, Sammy, I've never pulled so many dragonflies out of the pool in the last few weeks. Amazing. That's from Mick in Upper Beaconsfield and uh, central coast of New South Wales. We're getting told there's stacks of them. So South Australia, there's been a massive dragonfly um, problem, Mario says, but on Boxing Day, I had 50 in my backyard. They are everywhere. There must be plenty up your part of the world. Yeah, I haven't sort of noticed. Right. I haven't noticed. Because you've got water up there and everything. Well, you've got mozzies, got everything. So, you know, I I suppose you sort of don't, you, you don't really notice. Now... What what? How much does a pint cost these days? Can you educate me on this as well while you're at it? What's the what's a no, what's not, a pint you know, up to these days? Beer I, drinker either. So no, I, no, I, I guess it depends what obviously what you drink and where you drink. I would have googled yeah. it. <laughs> well, I don't know either. So it's a, a it's a, an open question. But I I say this because just before the breakers we were referring to this uh, this post. Well, I'll December, tell you what. I'll tell you what it costs in London. Oh, tell me eight quid. Eight pound for a, what's what, what's the exchange it's only rate? Doubles. It's yeah. sixteen bucks. Well, up at the Byron Bay Hotel, nineteen dollars and forty cents for a pint of Peroni. So this guy, his post went nuts on Reddit because he put his receipt up. He paid for three Peroni pints, and it came to a total of fifty-eight bucks and twenty cents. Nineteen forty for one pint. But that's bigger than a pot, isn't it? Well, a pint's bigger than a pot. Geez, you really do don't drink beer, do? No, yeah, a pint is bigger than a pot. But but we always drink pots, don't we? What's he doing having pints? What do you mean? You can it's have a too pint. Long to drink a pint. Up in that part of the world, you'd probably have a scooter. Is that bigger than a pot? That's in between. Is it? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, nineteen nineteen dollars and forty cents is a lot for a pint. I would have thought. But I agree. That's a crazy amount of money. I would just wonder when you've overpaid for something. Don't you hate that's, that? That's more than what it costs in London to get a pint. Yeah. That's a crazy – and look, uh, that part of the world, that town, that pub, you, you're paying, I suppose, to be in Byron Bay as much as anything. Um, there's a bit of a tourist tax, if you like, but that's a crazy – that's a crazy amount. You've been to Byron Bay? Yeah. You've been to the market? It's expensive to be a hippie these days. I've been to the market, yep. Yeah. Bit of hippie going on there. Well, I, don't, I reckon the hippies have been driven out of Byron. It's all about the – and this price would, would appear to vindicate that. But Dancy, coming back to your size, a pint's too big, pot's too yeah, small. I think a pint's too big. I reckon the schooner's schooner just about right. No chance of getting warm. Pub I go to as I get an Asahi with it in the and the glass has got a oh, handle on it. Old school mug. Yeah, it's got a hand. It's a really good size. I have two of those and I roll home two Asahis. But Asahis are pretty strong, aren't they? Two of those in your roll home. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeless. I can't drink beer. Right. You're a red man, aren't you? Like Responsibly, it. of course. Yeah, always. Hey, uh, now, how about the change in the Big Bash? So all the Aussie stars are about to join the Big Bash. So David Warner at the Thunder, yep. Steve Smith, Nathan Lyon at the Sixers. Travis Harry Ed- playing for anyone? Oh, God. Has, do you reckon his publicity team would be happy with uh, the way things are going? I saw him leaving New York, you know, another night... Tonight show last night out of yeah. New York. Well, Feels like he's just been can... speaking nonstop for a year. That's amazing. Oh, actually, just before we go back to the Big Bash, do you see the family of um, Vinu Mancad have a split? Yeah, yeah. They're divided over whether his name should continue to live on and be forever tied to to the run out at the non-strikers end, the controversial, the most controversial act in cricket. 
you know, some members of the family are saying it's great. His name lives on. What <laughs> are you laughing at? You do get some great texts from Billy. Six dollars. There's a six dollar flog text. <laughs> drinking and borrowing. Uh, was the $19.40 pint purchased on a public holiday with a surcharge? It was uh, the date of the receipt. I can actually tell you this is December 28. So I'm not sure if that was a what day of the week that, that was. But well, Sunday was Christmas Day on the 25th. It was a Wednesday. Monday, 26th. It was hump day. Tuesday, oh, no. 27th. Yeah, Wednesday. No, no that public, wasn't holiday. A public holiday. Nope. Nope. You pay so. 20 euro for a cappuccino in central Venice. 20 euro. 20 euro. Is that fair income? 20 euro for a cappuccino in central Venice. Wow. seven ten for a schooner <laughs> at the hour of selling ship. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's good value. Yeah. Uh, so for the price of three pints, you could buy a slab of beer and sit at home. Absolutely. But you, you are paying, I guess, for the so-called privilege of being at the Byron Bay Hotel, which is a, a lovely place up top of the hill there. But I've um, never been to the pub in Byron Bay. I think I think it it's nice, but I think it well and truly fits into the category of tourist trap. Is it? Right. Yeah. Okay. Nice. But four, not four beers at the footy is forty bucks, and they're only four hundred mils. Yeah, but we know what and we're getting. Mid strength. We know what we're getting at the footy, don't we? We know what we're getting at sport. We overpay. We're we're accustomed to overpaying at sporting events. I'm not a drinker at the. If I'm going to a sporting event, I don't want to have a drink. I want to watch the sport. Yeah, eleven bucks a pint at the Royal in Richmond. Drink afterwards. I was in London two months ago, and the pints range from four to six pound. That's from Ben. Um, so there you go. That's where we're at. Mm. That's where we're at in life. You're paying for everything now. But anyway, the, the Mancad family is split. You know, yeah. Some are saying, you know, um, it's great that his name lives on in some regard. And then others are saying, no, we, it's a great career, a legendary career. We don't want his name tarnished with this. Yeah, no, two days ago, the, the narrative was, yeah, we want the name still with the Mancad. And then now a few of the, the younger ones have come out and said, oh, no, 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 it's not. When was it? Late 40s. Late 40s. Uh, India's tour of Australia is when he did it. Uh, and it got me thinking about sporting colloquialisms. We don't have many. Doing a Bradbury was one that immediately came mm. to mind. His name yep. forever linked with, you know, comebacks when all else, uh, everyone else falls in front of you, basically. There's not many. The you man could can. use Trevor Chappell if you were a bowler. Oh, he's done it. Yeah. You know, like Lawn Bowls. But I don't know whether his went right, left, or left, right. <laughs> his went dead straight. It was a drive. Well, dri- well yeah. when you do the drive, you're yeah. doing the Trevor Chapel. That's right. There's something new for the bowlers on a Saturday. On what the else do we use? one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number, by the way. Temper 40 Wings text is 0433981116. Uh, lots of feedback on the cost of a pint these days. Sydney, the average cost is 10 bucks. In Melbourne, seven seventy. That's from Greg and Griffith, who's done some forensic little research mm. there for us. Um, get rid of the mancad. The Zampa sounds better. You've become known as a Zamp. You've been zampered. No, I like the mancad. Yeah, yeah. I think it stays. It should oh. stay. Now, what else do we use? What other sports men or women have lived on? I think it'd be a good thing to be known for something controversial in sport. Would it? Yeah, I think so. But it's seen as an and not a nice thing to do in sport, though, is it? In cricket, but it, it's not. It's just run out. Bowler's end. It's better, I suppose, than lay down Sally. That was another one. Whenever oh. someone lay down, poor old Sally. Lay down Sally, her name lives on, lives on for the wrong reasons. That was extraordinary. It was extraordinary, wasn't it? Um, right, we better get to the newsroom. Anna Pavlou's got the headlines. We'll be back right after those.
Boys, I was at Crown on the weekend and ordered two pints of draft. I had the card out ready to tap before I could pull away uh, the beep. I realised the FPOS machine read 236 bucks. A mistake uh, by the bum, but it wasn't surprised with the price of beer these days. Do you tap and go? Do you use the old beep with your card or your phone? Card, yep. Yep. But I always look at the... I keep the card away until I see the price. I reckon, is the range getting bigger though? Like I, I pay with my phone and sometimes I, I'm still <laughs> I'm still a foot away and it beeps. I haven't even raised it. It's searching for you. It's just gone beep. I'm like, hang on, I, haven't, I barely got it out of my pocket. It's like I don't even have time to check. I reckon the range is getting bigger. That's crazy. Uh, Frank's in one turner before we get to our sports update. Thanks to Toro. G'day, Frank. Yeah, yeah, but it, bit of Yana drama. I remember it well, Frank. I remember it well. Although Yana Pittman now, if you... Um, She's a doctor. Yeah. The Australian story on Yana Pittman was absolutely extraordinary. The Great many lives that. of Yana Pittman. Yep. I couldn't believe, um, you know, her path to parenthood, um, becoming a doctor, the career change. What an amazing mm. woman uh, she is. So, But Frank, yes, remember those younger days of her on the track? Absolutely. If you did a Yana. And is it just me or is there a snake story on the TV now oh, every five seriously. minutes? They must rate unbelievably well. this morning. Now we have a two. printer. A printer's been taken out of an office and they've opened up the, the paper loading bay cartridge thing and they're pulling out a tiger snake right. out of a printer. Yeah, I reckon when I was having a little dip there it's yesterday, a... when I was having a dip yesterday, that was based purely on fear, how quick I got into the dam and out of it. Oh, yeah. Thinking snakes. if a wriggler comes in here and I'm in here, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Actually, yeah, my... I reckon I would have... Re- Ridden the dead cow out. No, I think he would have given Mac Horton our guest oh, later on yeah. a run for his oh, money. I would have Probably smoked him in the hundred yeah. out of the dam. Oh. Uh, sports update. Stand him. It's for Toro. Above or below ground, you can count on Toro. Melbourne victory have been handed a $450,000 fine. And there's another $100,000 suspended on top of that. It's the largest ever financial punishment in Australian football for last month's pitch invasion against Melbourne City. The club has also been hit with a suspended points deduction that will last for the next three seasons. Jeez, for mine, they were lucky to avoid that right here, right now. Football Australia has ruled that the derby, the one against uh, Melbourne City, will be replayed played in April with the score as it was. City won victory nil, and they'll pick it up at the 22nd minute. If you think you're going to go to the Australian Open and take pot shots at Novak, no, you're not going to be doing that because Craig Tiley has warned fans they will be kicked out of Melbourne Park if they unfairly target controversial former world number one, Novak Djokovic. Do you reckon that'll happen, though? He was I hope not. received so warmly in Adelaide mm, that so. it would surprise. But I hope they leave him alone. Could be a minority. Socceroo skipper Matty Ryan looking forward to a new chapter in his career after penning an 18-month deal with the Dutch outfit AZ Alkmaar. What about is, the Georgia Is that Bull? the mob he's with? He's just well, moved. this is a new mob. This is a new club. Because right, yep. he had to get away from that keeper he did. taunting him. He did. They were at the same club. He'd fallen out of favour there. Yeah, the Georgia Bulldogs have cruised to a second straight CFP championship with a couple of Aussies involved. Oh, yeah. Brett Thorson and Geordie Sandy. Uh, both involved there with the Georgia Bulldogs. What about Geordie Sandy's story? We might try He's to get a punter. Whole... Yeah, they're both punters. Both raised actually an hour from each other down in Gippsland. Can you believe? Right. So Geordie's from Taralgon. Um, he was. He's twenty nine years of age. He was working in a in a paper mill in Taralgon, making the products that that Maccas use for their bags. Okay. Wow. 
And he did a, I don't know if it was pro kick, but he did some sort of kicking um, academy or course here. Um, was sort of on the fringes of getting a scholarship over there before he eventually got one at um, at TCU yeah. and has gone over there and um, at, at the age of 29, I think he's going to play again next year. Must be his senior year next year. And then you've got Brett Can Thorson. they draft him at that age? Will they draft him? Oh, I don't, I'm not sure if he's good enough for the NFL. I don't follow his career closely enough. But, yeah, he, of course he can but be he drafted. Could get drafted. Yeah, of course. Doesn't matter what age. No, it doesn't matter what age. Nope. And as we mentioned earlier, the BBL set to welcome some test stars into the tournament. David Warner, Steve Smith, Travis Head, Nathan Lyon. Uh, our mate Usman Kawaj is going to join. I saw he was rocking that uh, that camel sweats yep. again. Uh, Manus Labashain and others uh, will all join their BBL clubs over the next week. But uh, as we said, there's a departure of talent going back out the other way. You know, the Strikers are losing Lynn, mm. but they're also losing Rashid Khan as well. That's a massive... Yeah, big loss. I don't know how they're going to fix that with so much competition in this format around the world. What happened in the BBL last night? Yeah, well, the results uh, speak for themselves. The Strikers defeated the Renegades by 20 runs. Chris Lynn, the man we're talking about. He was fantastic, unbeaten 69 from 37 balls. Jeez. He was player of the match, so he should have been, and he will be sorely missed. Some of those are lead-up matches uh, at Kuyong and such for the Australian Open. Johnny Millman, he uh, sealed a victory over Albert Ramos of Vinalas yesterday, their opening match. That was at the Adelaide International. And what about the form of Alex Demonor at the moment? So down the road at Kuyong, fresh off that victory against Rafa Nadal, this time he took down former US Open champion Dominic Team. And he dominated Dominic. It was 6-4, 6-4 in that opening match at the Kuyong Classic. So the world number 24, I think he is the demon. He's looking good, Scoob. Now, we're on Brecky right through the Australian Open, aren't we? We are. Okay, well, I, I, I well, can't talk tennis. Save for me. I, I might just be having just a little, little, another little rest at some point. Oh. But only for a week. Um, I, I won't. Well, you'll have to do the tennis stuff. Why? The names are too hard for me. Oh, no, they are hard I for me. I can't say the names. <laughs> An on tennis. We will, we will do our very best <laughs> not to completely. I'll be just making them up, some of those names. I'll just make them up. <laughs> we'll be doing our very best not to butcher them completely. Uh, that sports update was for Toro above or below ground. You can count on Toro. Big show today. Ben Rothenberg is going to join us uh, at a 7 o'clock, actually, leading international tennis uh, rider. Mac Horton, the Olympic gold medal winning superstar in the pool. Hilton Cartwright doing his bit for the Melbourne Stars this year. And I cannot wait to chat to Achana Murray-Bartlett who's running a lazy 150-odd consecutive marathons, uh, Cape York to Melbourne. And how could I have not mentioned it until now? Of course, today, last fan standing, we're back for more. Together with Maccas, we're giving you and a mate the chance to win that trip to Delhi for the second test in here in Australia in February. And it's all thanks to Maccas. All you have to do is to be crowned the last fan standing every day here on Summer Breakfast. And I noticed the pipe squeezed his way in there as well. We'll give 11 cricket questions. And the last fan standing after those questions goes into the draw for Monday, January 30, where all our daily winners will go into the final quiz for the chance to take the overall prize. Flights. I'll be, I'll be vetting the questions shortly. Flights to Delhi. Why is that? Oh, a couple of them yesterday were ordinary. Jeez, you are wound up like a watch on this. You are really tense on this. Flights <laughs> to Delhi, Five Nights Premium Five Star Accommodation, the Sports Luncheon with the SEN Commentary Team, Corporate Hospitality at the Cricket, 1000 bucks spending money, and it's all thanks to our great mates at Maccas. And did you see the fourth test? It's going to be played in the new stadium over there in India. I just can't, its name escapes me. It holds 130,000, I think they said. 130,000. Kelcutter's yeah, always held nearly 120 for years. Yeah. Standing room, 100,000 of them standing. No, no, all sitting. All sitting. Yeah, I think it's all seats. Jeez, I didn't realise it was that big. Yeah. 
And there might be a pink ball test too. Eden Gardens, it was called. Get involved on the Temper 40 Winks text. Consumer's Choice winner. Temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. They conform to the exact shape of your body. The Kogan Money Credit Card. Packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. She's having a good run with the weather at the moment here, aren't we, Simon? Uh, so the weather update for City Power, supplying powered homes in the CBD and in the suburbs, 16 degrees at the moment, headed for a nice old top of 31. You know, that's perfect deck oiling weather, I would have thought. Two coats, just get the one on early, 24 hours, do it again tomorrow. Tickety boo. No rain, you'll be right. Yeah. You'll be right. Magnificent day. Yeah. Uh, off the text. How's how Novak has come out and says he forgives Australia for what happened last year? Like it was our fault. What a joke. Uh, the Australian Open with Novak there will have people making comments. I personally believe tennis fans also have the right to voice their opinion, provided there is no profanity or threats. We are a country that has freedom of speech. Craig Tiley cannot remove fans for heckling, provided uh, people don't use inappropriate language or threats. That's from Tyler down in Geelong. I mean, he was only acting on the advice that he was given initially at the risk of backing back over it all again. But he might have been uh, given a bum steer. Well, he was, absolutely, in the end. And uh, he was deported. Any um, update on uh, uh, Camilla Georgie? No, I haven't read that. I know you're invested and you think that um, that her tennis can carry her a long way in this tournament. Yeah. And her appearance is 31-year-old Italian? Yes. No, I don't have an update. Um, obviously, that's uh, in the wake of the investigation into um, perhaps a, what allegedly might be a false vaccination passport. Yeah, last year for 2022. Mm. sad. Dan Bredick wrote an article uh, in The Age. Uh, Test cricket's inevitable shrinking has already begun. So... Uh, he's saying Greg Barclay, the, the plain-speaking chair of the International Cricket Council, had expressed the view that a reduction in the number of test-playing nations would be an inevitable consequence of the current calendar squeeze. This is what Dan's reporting in The Age at the moment. And we, what do you reckon? We spoke about this yesterday. There's probably only three countries at the moment playing consistent quality cricket. Yep. One of them's Australia, one of them's India, and the other one's now England under Baz McCullum. But there's a big gap between the haves and the have-nots when it comes to the five-day format, it would appear at the moment. There are times when Sri Lanka's competitive and then sometimes they just drop off the map. You know, Bangladesh, same thing. You know, we're, we're competitive there for a while and, and have sort of fallen back again now. Um, so I, I think the game is feeling the effect of, you know, this 2020 phenomenon. That's what it's feeling the effect of. And, and they're not getting the players through the system that, are, that you know, have the defences to be good test cricketers. Mm. So, um, look, it's not surprising, and, and I don't know how they navigate this. I, I, I really don't know how they navigate this because it, it, I agree completely it's shrinking. You know, South Africa um, were were non-competitive mm. here. They, they had a, a good bowler, and that's literally where they stopped. Uh, the West Indies were just... Um, at best, you know, their batting lineup was was fair, but they had no one that really hurt you in their batting lineup. You know, they they could score runs, but it took them an eternity to do it. And then their their bowling lacked penetration, albeit mm. they had some quicks, but yeah. it just wasn't as as lethal as it needed to be to to put any shivers through the Australian batting lineup. So we're thin, we're genuinely thin. I agree. I- England, yes, competitive. Uh, Australia, yes, competitive. New Zealand is still there. 
which is good. New Zealand is still there as a competitive nation, in my opinion. I, I still think they've yep. got the goods. Although Trent Boulders waved, you know, some some pretty tricky flags about what's going on there at the moment and how that that under or the development is underneath where the test players are now. Mm. So we're in strife, mm. genuinely in strife. India is always going to be strong. We yep. need Pakistan to be strong. We've probably got to give them that little bit of time and leeway to get back into the international game because they were playing such limited international cricket for a long period of time. So they, they could be a, a real um, uh, one out of the blue, Pakistan, to, to at least get it to four. So, you know, you can mm. – four nations playing really good test cricket, that helps it survive for a little longer. Justin Lang has done another podcast. This one not as controversial as the last. He was speaking on the cricket. He changed his mind. Cricket, etc. podcast on the importance of test cricket. The, the best way, Sachin Tendulkar summed it up brilliantly about five or six years ago. Yeah. And it makes so much sense to me. He said... T20 cricket is like dessert. Yeah. It tastes good mm-hmm. and it makes you fat, but you can't yeah. live on it. No. Yeah. Kids love You've it. got to still have steak and veggies. Mum and Dad's still going to give you steak and veggies because if you just have, if you just have dessert every day, your teeth fall out, you get fat, you get obese, and you have all, and it's just no good. But if you have your steak and veggies and you have your T20 cricket, uh, your dessert. Then you've got a nice balance. I remember since T20 cricket came out, yeah. we've been having the same conversation. Oh, it's going to take over the world. Yeah. Well, yeah, it might. It might. But I've been hearing that for, for 10 years. There you go. Bit of a food analogy there from, uh, from JL. Get making me hungry. Okay, we better take a break. Uh, heading up towards the 7 o'clock news. A lot of texts coming through. We'll keep uh, them parked as we go. Don't be shy today. 0433 an interview coming out. Who would you rather listen to? JL or Harry? <laughs> There's a lot of both at the moment. I don't think we need to choose. What's that ad, that, old, that Mexican food ad? Why don't we have both? I think we've got both. Uh, we'll take a break here on Summer Brecky. Back after this. Just a grumpy old fat bloke. The Kogan Money Credit Card, packed full of value with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Moz have just picked taking Justin Lang as our lead on the food analogies. I'd love a bit more soup in my diet, please. Everyone has forgotten the one days from Moz off the 40 Wings Temper Text. No soup for you. Just having a look at the Narendra Modi Stadium. That's what it's mm. called in India. We're talking about the venue of the fourth test. The photos of that. So 132,000 seat stadium. Uh, just a two-tiered stadium. Absolutely enormous. But what a great looking facility. It's just been redone. She's a brand spanker over there. If it goes down to the wire for the fourth test scoop, that's going to be absolutely enormous. Uh, named after the current Prime Minister of India. Be huge. You okay? You got a strange look on your face. I've got Brooksy here's pushing buttons in front of me. To try Brooksy, to one of the best producers in the business. Do you reckon Melbourne Victory got off lightly with their with their sanctions? Didn't appear so to me. So $450,000, another $100,000 um, suspended. 17 people have been banned for life, by the way. Oh, three for life. 17 people have been banned and there might be more to come there. That's in the individual. I just, 
meant more around the fact they avoided a sporting sanction, a points deduction. So they've got a suspended 10-point deduction that'll be triggered every time there's a serious you know, misconduct issue. It'll continue until the end of the 25-26 season. Now, James Johnson said the FA had considered deducting points and victory but wanted to protect the integrity of the competition and that it wouldn't be a, a, a deterrent for badly behaved fans. That's pretty important. But badly behaved fans, it wouldn't. if that doesn't deter them, what, what, what does? Well, they're, they're making sure the deterrent is continues, like it doesn't yeah. just pay and then it just goes away. Mm. Okay. They've got their head in the noose for a bit longer yet. Well said. News. The Kogan Money Credit Card. Packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back, Summer Breakfast. Mac Horton's going to join us a little bit later on in the program. Looking Olympic gold medalist, Mac. absolutely. He's got some big goals uh, coming up in the uh, in the near future. Remember he but, took uh, on Sonny. He did, yeah. And 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 about a billion of his uh, comrades as well. Oh, strong there, Mac. I like Mac. Mm. Uh, so we'll have a chat to him. I don't know if he's on good terms with the bike or not, or, but he's going to. Yeah, well, he's an ambassador for the Cadillac's Great Ocean Road Race People's Rides. I'm not sure if that. Ambassadorship extends to him uh, getting on the pushy itself, but we'll ask him about he it. He might be going to do triathlons. Well, he might be. Swim, bike, run. I, I know what a triathlon is, yes, thank you. Uh, he might be. Reasonable athlete, isn't he, Max? So we'll have a chat to him a little bit later. Hilton Cartwright as well. He's playing some good cricket for the Melbourne Stars, and boy, do they need some more like him this season. And Ochana Murray. touchy this morning. Am I? Yeah. Must be those dragonflies. Yeah, you're got a me bit stumped. touchy as well. I don't know whether it's just a bit tired. What week are you taking off? No, I've got a couple of weeks with you and then another little sabbatical after that. Yeah, I didn't get a lot of sleep You're looking last a bit night. tired. Yeah, I'm a bit yeah. fatigued today. Achana Murray-Bartlett. Uh, Things okay at home? If, if anyone's fatigued. Oh, great. Boys I'm, okay? I'm on my own at the moment. What? I'm on my own. Uh, wife and kids are down in uh, Tasmania. You're no. not sleeping well. Down in Hobart. And I was late to bed last night, and obviously the alarm goes off relatively early these days, to join your smiling face. Uh, Achana Murray-Bartlett, if anyone's tired, it'd be her, finishing an epic run this week, running from Cape York to Melbourne. But enough of that, uh, because Ben Rothenberg Scoob is among the world's... Oh, well, he does know his tennis. In fact, he's among the world's preeminent tennis journalists. And as we count down to the start of the Australian Open, Ben has joined us on the line from the US. G'day, Ben. Thanks a lot for your time, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me here. It would appear as though we're on the verge of a, a very different Australian Open this year. You know, almost a, down here, 180 degree attitude change on COVID. Practice matches selling for $20 and selling out in less than an hour in the case of Kyrgios and, and Novak. There's unfortunately been some high profile withdrawals, but what's your read on the appetite for the first Grand Slam of the year? Yeah, it does seem like it's ramping up to be a more normal one. I mean, the last two Australian Opens were very much defined by the pandemic with, you know, 2021, a lot of people remember players were in quarantine and were complaining about the quarantine some, which annoyed a lot of the Australian public, understandably. And there's sort of weird vibes and a lot of uh, very partial and scarce crowds, even when things were allowed, people weren't attending. And then a couple of the middle rounds had to be completely empty, played in front of empty stadiums because of various snap lockdowns at the time. So... Those uh, were strange events that obviously last year, as you alluded to, was dominated by the Novak Djokovic deportation saga, which took up the couple of weeks before the tournament and started it off on a very weird foot. Even if the tournament did get off to a, a pretty great finish in the end with Ash Barty winning and, and Rafael Nadal winning and two very popular champions there. Uh, but yeah, this time, I think everything seems relatively normal. 
uh, in terms of the buildup, obviously a bunch of familiar faces, including Ash Barty, defending champion on the women's mm. side, and uh, Serena Williams, Roger Federer, have all retired since then. Naomi Osaka, who's won two recent Australian Opens, not in the field either. Uh, so some continuity and some some change, but definitely, and the vibes are better. Uh, than they have been since before the pandemic in Melbourne, it would we, seem. We will come back to the Open and the events at Melbourne Park that we're going to witness. But just you raise her name. I, I wanted to ask you about Naomi Osaka and Jonathan Liu's story in The Guardian. I'm not sure if you <laughs> saw, but the fact that she'd made £42 million last year and obviously not much of that from, from tennis. And Jonathan writes about the act of, you know, quietly quitting, as it were. I mean, do you, do you feel as though she might be detaching herself from the sport or is that uh, uh, too too strong a point? No, I think she's definitely receding from the sport, as maybe the word I would use. She's definitely sort of stepping back from it in without announcing so much. Mm. And she hasn't played uh, a match since September. Uh, she lost first round of U.S. Open and then played one match in Tokyo before pulling out of that tournament. Uh, and she, as far as I know, hasn't hired a coach since she split with her coach uh, back in June or July. And she hasn't been training really either. And she, there's been no sort of formal announcement, but I think she's sort of recalculating things. And I don't, there's no indication she's injured uh, seriously that would be stopping her from this. So yeah, I think she's I think she's reticent to put a label on it. I think the sort of quiet quitting term, which became sort of a general term in the economy and the workforce and, and business, as people, you know, tried to reprioritize their own self care and mental health and all sorts of related terms coming out of the pandemic or in the pandemic. Uh, yeah, Naomi, I do. I, I like that piece by Jonathan Liu in The Guardian. I read that. I thought it was it captured a pretty fair take, I think, on a lot of what people are thinking is going on with her. And it's and it's a loss for the sport, for sure. Uh, having, you know, I mentioned people who are missing from this tournament and she on paper maybe shouldn't be missing. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's not dissimilar to kind of what Ash Barty did in a lot of ways, although she did make a, a formal announcement pretty abruptly uh, a couple months after her last match. Uh, just, you know, if, if Naomi Osaka is sort of satisfied on some level what she's accomplished in the sport, for now and doesn't feel the need to keep pushing onwards, then she, yeah, will, will be quiet quitting, as, as he said. Rafael Nadal's not um, not quitting yet anyway. He's 36 years old, Ben. <laughs> His form leading in, I've never seen before. You know, it, it, it's, it, it's been well under what we're used to seeing going into this Grand Slam. Is that spelling the end or is he still capable of winning this Grand Slam? Yeah, he's taken a lot of losses, but they haven't been that bad by the eye test, really. I mean, he lost in three sets uh, to Alex Dimonar and then three sets to Cam Norrie in his two warm-up matches at the United Cup in Sydney. And those are both, you know, top 20 players, I think, and both uh, pretty strong competitors. And Rafa usually would win those matches, but losing deep in, in third sets twice is not, I think, all panic stations for Rafa. And, and, you know, part of him will have been wanting to peak at this Grand Slam. That said, he had a, a rough second half of last year as well. I think he's mm-hmm. on... Like I think he's lost five of his last six matches or something along those lines, dating back to, to late last season, which is very unusual for someone of his caliber. I think it's probably the worst stretch of his career pretty easily. Uh, so we'll see. I think, you know, no one was counting him as a major favorite last year, and he defied that and, and got the matches he needed early on to get momentum. And we'll see what the draw holds for him, for sure. I think Ruff is very good at sort of setting low expectations for himself, even at the French Open. People, you know, last year thought, oh, he was you know, banged up and injured in Rome. He can't possibly win the French Open. And then he wins it for the 14th time and everyone looks silly. So I think I think you really do count him out at your own peril. The trio of Djokovic and Nadal and and um, also Federer, Federer retired, of course. Is there a, a trio of youngsters, you know, from the 20 to 23-year age group that, that are the heir apparents to the... Because it, it's been such an ex- extraordinary ride with those three guys at the top of their game. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think the bar that those three guys set is going to be cleared immediately at all. I mean, they, the lowest one of those is fettering out 20 grand slams, which is a pretty impossible uh, minimum to be hitting for, for three guys. But there are probably a pretty easy sort of triumvirate that's arrive, arriving in men's tennis right now. I would count uh, Carlos Alcaraz, who's the number one player, another big name out of the Australian Open. Actually, that was a big disappointment for the field. The US Open champion at such a young age, who really electrified crowds. Him being out of Melbourne is a, a big loss for the tournament. He would be in that sort of leading pack, as would be probably Yannick Sinner, who's another person around the same age, uh, who's played a couple of great matches against Alcaraz last year at Wimbledon and the US Open. He's ranked just outside the top 10 now. And then I'll probably throw in Holger Rune, who's the uh, young Danish player who won the Paris Indoors Master uh, late last season to break into the top 10 as well. Still a long ways to go, but of the sort of even younger generation, uh, that's what it's going to be. But there's just been so many generations that have sort of come and gone during this big three era that didn't really get to make a dent at all. You know, sort of Grigor Dimitrov, Milos Ronich, Kenny Shikori era was sort of the first group of, of young guys challenging them. They didn't win any grand slams between them. And then the younger group after them, Vasitsipas, Zverev, Medvedev, I think has one grand slam between them. There are Rublev and whoever else in there too. It's been hard to break through. It will get easier for sure as these big two guys now left continue to get older, but they're you know still won three of the four grand slams just last year. Uh, we're speaking to leading tennis writer Ben Rothenberg. Ben, I wanted to ask you about the women's side of the draw and you read on that. Obviously, Iga Svartek is the, the, the raging favorite for the bookies for what it's worth, but what's your read on the women's yeah. side of the game? Yeah, Iga definitely should be the favorite based on how she played last year, winning two Grand Slams and tons of other tournaments and matches. I will, but the conditions, I will say, have not seemed to suit her so far this year. It seems like it's playing a little bit slicker and faster in Australia, at least at the United Cup for sure. And she kind of got her doors blown off in her final match at the United Cup by Jess Pagula, who's the number three player uh, in the USA versus Poland semifinal of that tournament. She lost 6-2, 6-2, which was one of the most lopsided losses Iga's taken in a long time. Uh, so that's a, a concerning note for her and probably doesn't go into Melbourne with her highest confidence uh, because of that. But we'll see how how the courts are playing on Rod Laver Arena, especially where you'd presume she'll play pretty much all her matches there. Uh, it, she doesn't she likes higher bounces. She plays a lot of topspin. She's best on clay. Uh, and, and Wimbledon, for example, is where she struggled the most last year. So a low bouncing slick court could disrupt Iga from her heavy favorite status and then it could be a much more open field but if it's playing at all slower or she can adjust uh meaningfully well then i think she yeah she's still the person to pick now the highly anticipated netflix documentary breakpoint is of course about to drop publicly i know you've laid your eyes on it now am i right to say looking at some of your tweets you've been a little bit underwhelmed i think i just didn't totally know what to expect and i don't think it was what i was expecting in certain ways i think it really does sort of show some undercurrent stories sort of a bit not the headlines sort of grabbing stories at all of the 2022 season, which obviously, you know, I traveled all those tournaments they show and covered them. And the big stories, someone we mentioned, you know, Djokovic, uh, the deportation saga is mentioned for like less than a minute in one episode in the, one of the Australian Open episodes. And then Iga Svantec's like 37 match winning streak, which happened during the time frame of the show in the first half of the season, not mentioned barely at all. Uh uh let's see ash Barty retiring not really mentioned barely at all in there so this is it's, it's not sort of it's sort of showing this sort of b cast honestly of players who are kind of getting lower level headlines and some of them it shows them because it followed them all year and it only shows each player at one given uh stop on the tour so yeah. like nick curios is only in it for an australian open episode and then you don't see him again for the next four episodes he's the first episode and he doesn't recur which again i think is sort of a missed opportunity for me i don't know i i haven't I haven't seen a show like that quite. It just seems like there's not much continuity between the episodes either. Like Nick Kyrgios, for example, wins Australian Open doubles, which they focus on a lot and celebrate, uh, which was, you know, with Kalkanakis was a big, you know, phenomenon last year. But then they don't show like his, for example, his his meltdowns in Indian Wells or Miami. 
which were also headline grabbing and dramatic and things like that. So I, it just wasn't what I was expecting. I do think there are some moments, but it's also, I'm, I, I know that I'm too close to it to, to probably be the judge. The show is very much not made uh, for me or for anyone else who even follows tennis on a fairly, uh, you know, routine basis. I think it's really made people who are pretty brand new to the yeah. sport. And I'm, I'm assuming it worked like the, the drive to survive that the, in this case, well, in that case, drivers and teams had to sign up to be filmed. Now I'm sure that yeah. was the same with, in the tennis world. And I'm assuming Novak just didn't, didn't hand himself over to the documentary. Right. Yeah. Well, he was in custody for the first part of their filming window, but uh, I thought I don't know if they would have been able to film him there, but he, yeah, he didn't. And a bunch of other top players did not either. Barty did not. They did seem to try to have a pretty cohesive uh, framing of showing the guys and, and, and women who are challenging uh, the top spots. Like a bunch of people over the course of the show play against Nadal mm. in big tournaments. So it's a lot of people who played big matches against Nadal and usually lost as the first half of last year went. Uh, but Nadal himself is not actually, you know, speaking to camera one of the one of the future participants so it's a group of challengers uh people who tennis fans will know uh, but probably non-fans will not know just kind of at that threshold except for curios i think it's probably the one sort of breakout name even though he's never been in the top 10 on like mm. other people on the show mm. so uh it's a it's a, it's a sort of yeah it's sort of supporting characters driven show which can be interesting but i i found i'm not sure i just i genuinely can't judge what a non-tennis fan is going to think of it i don't know if it's not as loud or as exciting and certainly as dramatic or, uh, you know, sparkling with personalities and sort of inter animosity as, as Drive to Survive was. It doesn't have that same sort of, of spice to it, really. Actually, the, the next one coming up, I think, is going to be probably the best one. It's coming out on a new streaming service called Disneyland. What's that? It's on Bernard Tomic. Oh, yeah, Bernie. What did you think of that, Ben? <laughs> the fact that he didn't get the wild card? That was, a I'm not exactly sure what his ranking is right now. I haven't seen him in a while, but I do you know he's been playing pretty seriously. He's been playing a lot of uh, ITF events and really low, the lowest level professional of tennis right now. He's been working his way back. And I guess they thought he wasn't quite to where he wants to be. And obviously, yep. you know, he's burned plenty of bridges in Australian tennis over the course of his days. And maybe they just want to see a bit more from him. But he does, he is still, you know, he has results streaming in constantly if you follow him from these lower level events. So he's still, he's still going, but maybe it's not surprising that, yeah, he's not going to be, uh, one of the, you know, mm. chosen few for, for Craig Tiley in Tennis Australia. You've been super generous with your time. One last quick one before we let you go. Did I sure. see that the Serena Williams sort of comeback rumours haven't quite fizzled out completely yet? Are they still sort of bubbling away? I, there's still, I think there's a lot of her fans who've been optimistic about that, but I do think there, she is, I was just sort of tweeting something about that today. You probably saw that yeah. she uh, has officially retired. I was just sort of checking the paperwork. She's taking herself out of the, uh, the testing protocols for WADA, which make you, you know, put up your whereabouts. You can be found any time of at least one time each day to be randomly tested. She's removed herself from yeah. that program when you'd have to be in there for several months in order to just jump back in. So she's not going to show up, say, in Miami in, in March. She would need a, a longer runway and we'd get a few months warning uh, because she did officially file paperwork to retire, as did Ash Barty. I uh, was looking at the at the list uh, to remove themselves from this the system. So there's a lot of hopeful people, and she did sort of hint and tease it a bit in September, saying, "Well, I always like Melbourne and things like that." But yeah, but she's not uh, not making her way back. It seems. I lied. There's just one more. I need a, a male winner from you and a female winner from you. And obviously, the question in this town, in this country, this time of the year is always: Can Nick Kyrgios actually go the distance here at Melbourne Park? I mean, he's not my winner pick to win the singles for sure, especially just because of his lead up. I mean, he pulled out of his two events and so we haven't seen him play. He's scheduled to play this practice match that they're selling tickets for yep. uh, with Djokovic uh, on Friday. I'm not sure he's been practicing yet. I, I, don't, I haven't seen pictures or anything of him practicing. I maybe missed something, but I'm not sure what his health status is. And 
who knows if he even makes that that practice match we'll tbd on that uh so he's not my pick i think djokovic would be the pick for sure i mean he wasn't always at his best in adelaide he had to save a, a championship point in the final against sebastian corda but you know he's been so good down there and does seem to not be too uh shaken by what happened to him last year maybe it'll be different in melbourne where everything actually did go down for him but i think the emotional baggage isn't going to trip him up too much it doesn't seem and then for the women it's a lot more open uh you know i may have picked slightly outside the box if, if shantek's looking shaky uh i'll pick coco golf let's say who won the auckland wta tournament uh and has had a rising year and would like these faster conditions 18 year old american uh just a bit of the outside but not not doesn't deserve to be betting favorite or anything like that but i think she's maybe my tip for this so good to talk to you mate absolute pleasure been really generous with your time and you look fresh here on our zoom chat i know your sleep patterns are about to get a little rockier <laughs> as you watch us from the other exactly. side exactly <laughs> so we've got you while you're fresh but mate really appreciate it love your insights and great to talk to you cheers Thanks, guys. Cheers. There's Ben Rothenberg there, one of the world's preeminent tennis journos. Scoob knows it inside and out. And, and look, we'll, we'll see how we go. When the tennis uh, gets cracking and the whip star cracking down at Melbourne Park, we might try to catch him again. Yep. And you can say all the names. I'm, I'm and we'll let, we'll let Ben say all the names, I reckon. We'll just refer to yeah, him. You'll, you'll have to tackle a few of them because <laughs> okay. you'll get absolutely no assistance from me whatsoever. <laughs> Zero. Uh, uh, I might have to do some homework, some significant homework. Now, uh, a late change to the rundown. Uh, Mac Horton's not going to join us today. He's going to join us tomorrow. I think he was intimidated by your damn swim and he thought, I've got to back out now. And, you know, your prowess in the in the pond uh, to get that cow, your power, while clothed, just put him off a little bit. So we'll have a chat to the Olympic uh, Games gold medalist. Tomorrow, Ambassador for Cadell Evans, Great Ocean Road Race, People's Ride. SEM Breakfast, Scoob. You, look, you okay? Oh, I'm disappointed. Yeah. No, we'll get him tomorrow. To Let the appetite grow. Oh, we might even have the Pap, Ryan Pappenhausen tomorrow as well from the States in his recovery. See how he's going. SEM Breakfast is for the Kogan Money credit card. They want to talk to us, don't they? Packed full of value. We'll be back after this. Coming to the A-team. The Kogan Money Credit Card, packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Moz is texting, could we see more tennis matches take place like Novak and Nick's practice game? Almost like a pay-per-view boxing match. The appetite for it sold out in Good 58 minutes. Great marketing idea. 20 we bucks. spoke about it yesterday, didn't we? All for, yep, all for charity, of course. 20 bucks, though. Get your chance to go. You know, normally, Nick Kyrgios, the Australian Open, A, you're doing well to get a ticket, and B, you're paying through the nose. So Brilliant stuff. And those two have got, uh, as uh, Novak said last year, something of a bromance now after mm-hmm. a frosty start. It's going to be frosty when Nick calls him a tool. Um, you're probably not going to get on like a house on fire if that happens. What um, about uh, Danny Medvedev's also in thing, small gap? Yes, Medvedev, yeah. There's no love lost between those two. Just watching the, the horse uh, escape again. And uh, up on the Gold Coast there, well, those they had, two. They've had a bad uh, week of escapees on the Gold Coast. Is that the races last Saturday, one got away at the races and ended up in the creek next door. Right. Really? So they had to rescue it out of the creek. And then we've had the launch yesterday and two riders have been dumped in the surf and the horses have gone for a canter and a trot along the Gold Coast Highway. And did we talk just before Christmas about the Uber Eats delivery driver who took the spectacular wrong turn and ended up on the Greyhound track over there in WA? That's because pineapple's on the pizza. In the middle of a meet? 
That was, said, that was fantastic. The service was deliver. It was outstanding, to be fair. <laughs> Someone said, Eddie's here to deliver a pizza. Thankfully, the dogs weren't on the track at the time, but the watering truck was just going around preparing it for the next race. And old mate's come out in his Camry <laughs> looking for looking for someone to deliver his meat lovers. Did we get to the bottom of who ordered the pizza? <laughs> oh, jeez. Was it someone at the dogs? A hungry trainer of some sort. <laughs> um, so the officials had to run out and flag him, <laughs> flag him down. Hey, a reminder today, uh, no Mac Horton today, he's tomorrow, but today and every day up until the 30th of this month is our last fan standing quiz. So Maccas are giving you and a mate the chance to win that trip to Delhi for the second test. Every weekday, summer brekkie and across the day, we'll give 11 cricket questions here now. Scoob takes this very, very seriously. Last fan standing after the 11th question will go into the draw and on the 30th all of our winners will go into the final last fan standing quiz for the chance to take the overall prize. Second test in India, in Delhi. Five nights premium five star accommodation. A real cultural treat. Attend a sports luncheon with the SN commentary team, the hospitality at the cricket, spending money, a thousand bucks worth of that, all made possible by our great mates at Maccas. So you want to jump on the line at around 820, we'll get to that one. Scoob, really looking forward to that. Um, and Ben Rothenberg, awesome to talk to him. I mean that. He's uh, he's right at the top of his game, that man. Vic from Arupna text in though. Beautiful morning here in the Yarra Valley, she says. I really hope fans show respect towards Novak by not booing him. Surely we won't get to that, will we? Uh, There'll think, be some. There, there, there will be. There just will be. I think and hope now we're we've better than that. It, there will be. She, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. She says uh, he has achieved so much, and we're fortunate to have the caliber of Novak playing at the Open. The man, I when I look at him, I'm just amazed. At him and Roger Federer, and, and any in any sport, Lewis Hamilton, they've won everything. Not only they won everything, they've won it multiple times over. But the drive to keep going. The drive and the determination, the will to keep going. The man doesn't struggle for motivation at the best of times, but mm. he would be frothing now after the events of 12 months ago. I really like what Ben was talking about, that really the game has skipped a generation. Some of the names he mentioned who haven't won a Grand Slam, they've all gone to Roger. Novak and Rafa. Yeah. Novak well, I mean, when you get a trio like that, that yeah, dominate for but, so long. But, yeah, but you, we haven't seen that in tennis before, no. to that level. That, yeah. He just said it's skipped a generation. And some of the names he mentioned, you thought, wow, it has too. Well, they haven't won a Grand Slam. I think Medvedev's the only one really amongst the group now that, while they were so dominant, poked his head up and won one. It's just about... The baton's fully passed. No, Rogers retired. Rafa will be close now, albeit he won here last year. Uh, and Novak's still going. But the baton's just about to be passed, you feel, he don't you? He couldn't win here, could he, Rafa? He won here 12 months ago. But not again, surely. Could Get involved be. on the Temper 40 Winks text. You never know how, how it pans out in the draw. Wouldn't it be injuries. fantastic if he did? Get your unique bed match profile. You can find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, they are serious about sleep. We'll get to the newsroom. Time for an update there. And we'll top up with our McCafe coffee. Hey, legends, says this text. Anytime something like that uh, comes off, Scoob, I'm, I'm compelled to read it. Will the Indian Tour next month be broadcast on SEN? You bet your bottom dollar well, it, it will be. be. Absolutely We're not sure who be. the team is yet. Well, just as I look through the glass here into the uh, bunker, I see the man who makes those decisions. Yeah, I, I, I think I might be a late change. I thought you might have taken Coming the, the team. Thought you might have taken the opportunity to go and sell yourself, and the need for you to be on the plane to India. No, no. Well, as I said uh, after the show, I'll be the first face he sees outside his office. You know the food. You know the transport, yep. you know the stadiums, yep. you know the culture. Yep. You the won weather. a World Cup there, your royalty there, I you open doors there. Boggy in Delhi. You open doors there. Correct. On what SEN needs in India. 
They talk about your straight sixes in, in Mumbai. And they're saying Jared's going to go and do the Super Bowl, then come to India on the way back. Yeah. I mean, Jared needs a spell, he needs to have a bit of a rest. I don't know if he does. Man's I think he machine. does. No, he's been doing a lot. But he might he man might need a wingman. can only do so much. But he might need a wingman, I think. I don't play wingman. You do <laughs> main man. So to answer your question off the text, apologies. Uh, live, the first test, live from 2.30 p.m., uh, 3 p.m. start there. And Jared's not there at the first test because he's at the Super Bowl. That's correct. So, like, you can't have a rudderless ship. You need the captain. All right, well, this is your you chance. The Next ad break, a, I expect you to line. go out there and have it. No, not the pipe there's, going. There's already a, um, I don't reckon Hutchie's been in his office. There's already a little note on his. Pipe did a bit of cricket up at the SCG, I noticed. Pipe's not going to India. That's very a very well made point, Dwayne. Very good, Dwayne. He's not going there before Very me. good red if ball commentator. goes, that's it. I'll be in the, uh, I'll set fire to his car. Wherever you're listening no, around the planet, pipe. I'm looking forward to hearing that from Delhi. I'll steal his bike. You'll never ride a bike again, Pipe. Because I think the Indians would warm to crazy good, to be honest. A bit of what? crazy good. That's his phrase. A bit of crazy good. I love it. In your honey. Yep. It's just dripping in honey over there. Uh, Hey, Melbourne victory, that was the big news yesterday. Uh, Slap with that record, uh, $550,000 worth of sanctions, $100,000 of those suspended, 17 banned, three for life, we're told. Now, the club also, just to continue this conversation, will be required to tarp off the first three rows of the seats behind the goals at home games um, and for the, for the rest of the season and finals at the northern end. Any tickets already sold will be relocated and refunded. They've got the suspended 10-point deduction that will be triggered every time there's a serious misconduct uh, issue. And the abandoned match will resume from the 22nd minute in the replay in April against City. Now, to decide these sanctions, which are heavy financially and light on on the football front, James Johnson said the FA had considered deducting points on. We spoke about this earlier, but wanted to protect the integrity of the competition. He said that would not also have been a deterrent for badly behaved fans. The responsibility was now on the spectators to ensure they did not ruin their team's chances. But the point for mine, the flares that we spoke about, Football Australia will set up a task force, which will include feedback from venues and police to improve safety at games. And this includes uh, tackling the issue of smuggling in of flares, which is a a complicated one and a difficult one to solve, Uh, improve security, policing and a review of active supporter tickets and marches. Mm. So um, as we have always said, hopefully this is a crossroads moment that um, that gets to the nub of the issue and perhaps corrects the culture, if you like. Um, James Johnson, I spoke about him. He spoke about uh, the fact that this wasn't just a punishment handed down for what happened against City, but rather the aggregation of issues at Melbourne Victory. We're also uh, very aware that this is not the first time that we have had an issue with Melbourne Victory. In 2016, we had... Uh, an invasion of the pitch in 2022. We had the Cavallo incident in 2022. We also had the 2021 Australia Cup because it was played in 2022 issue where fans also damaged LED and entered the pitch when they were um, um, celebrating a goal. Um, So this is really uh, an aggravation of those issues. You agree with that? Which we knew, which we, we knew that this wasn't their first rodeo, unfortunately, and there have been some issues. So that's that's James Johnson's reply. Carolyn Carnegie's the managing director of Melbourne Victory. She was on Sports Day last night with Jared Healy and Sam Hargraves. Um, and she spoke about how the club was seeking to ensure that uh, this is never repeated. 
making sure that these sorts of things don't happen again means working, and you would have heard FA have announced a, a task force in relation to this moving forward, and we need to work with all of the stakeholders. So security, you know, the, the derby was an away game for us. The security certainly wasn't um, controlled by us, mm-hmm. uh, but we need to work with security, police, the stadium, the league and Football Australia to make sure that we're all on the same page of eradicating this sort of behaviour. I think it would be remiss to to say whilst that was absolutely deplorable, 99.5% of Melbourne Victory supporters and members have never put a a foot wrong. So I want to be really careful in not lumping in the people that have always come and supported in a safe manner with with those that did actions that no one could ever condone. And that's a fair point, isn't it? Mm. That last one. Absolutely. Yep. Very much so. Yeah. And and the flares for mine are, are going to be complicating how they do that. And we get a lot of texts in here and we have had calls in the past about, you know, fans that are, you know, quote unquote banned for life. How do they follow through on that? How do they police it? How do Melbourne Victory and the and um and, and the FA seek to put those steps in place that the that that those measures can be carried out. Well, Caroline was asked about that. You know, fans getting into stadiums despite being banned. I think what we need to do as a collective sport is look at ways in which we can stop it. And that may involve looking at investment in technology, which would be in partnership with the stadium and and those sorts of things that we don't currently see at A-League games, but that we need to perhaps... Let, let everybody know and that small contingent of people that, that do the wrong thing know that they can't just walk through the gates um, because somebody didn't, you know, I, I don't know how it happened at the Derby, but we need to work together to make sure that we don't allow that to happen. As I said, it's not home game or not. It's not just the clubs that need to do that. It's the entire football ecosystem that has to work together to make sure that we put things in place that will stop that, that are clearly better than what we've had uh, in the past and currently. Off the text, they shouldn't have got fined at all. The fans should have. Now, I disagree with that completely. It starts with the club. The club's got to send the message. Mm. The club's got to put the culture in place and the steps have got to be uh, put in place. And they are doing that now. Um, I think absolutely a heavy, heavy dose of responsibility rests with the club, albeit individuals and idiocy you can't always safeguard against. You're always going to get that, aren't you? But um, I think that more can be done and more is going to be done. As I said earlier, I think the other good thing to come out of this from Melbourne Victory's point of view, that they can't just pay the fine and, and walk and say, oh, we're doing all these things. They've, they've got bands that are hanging over their head. Yep. They've got significant sanctions hanging over their head. So th- this is an ongoing process to get this right. And, you know, it just you just have to do it. I, I'm not the greatest A-League fan, but I, I'm less, you know, I'm lesser of now for the community of soccer because they had such a wonderful opportunity. This platform was presented to them through the World Cup uh, and what the Australians did and what Graham Arthur, um, Graham Arnold. Arnold did. And you think, wow, how, how could you just explode that mm. within two weeks and, and, and bring basically the game into disrepute, which I, I found staggering. So it, they just have to get it right. Melbourne Victory should get in touch with someone from Port Power, Steve says, about how to play in front of tarped-off seats. They're tarps experts. That's a bit rough, Steve, uh, but I did have a bit of a chuckle. Uh, Simon from Sydney puts it pretty well, though, on the Temper 40 Wings text. The poor old A-League uh, caught between a rock and a hard place. 
That team should have been deducted points and have to play with no fans for the rest of the season, but the integrity and growth of the league would suffer more damage with the big teams effectively taken out of the comp. So that was obviously the wrestle um, that, that James Johnson referred to when he spoke of um, you know harming the integrity of, of the A-League season if they were to deduct points from from Melbourne victory. And they're not playing in front of empty stands, albeit, as we said, those problematic areas of the ground that where those people converge, they have closed off for the remainder of the season and finals. Yeah, surely we've got security activities now that can you know, stop flares getting into the ground. Surely. Well, the, yeah, the smuggling of flares, I mean, there's only, their jurisdiction only, you know, you can't open up a, a sandwich. You can't open up a, you can't open everything. Well, I saw a ripper. You can't search down pants. A ripper at the cricket the other day where the guy went into his little um, carry bag, little yeah. cooler carry bag, and bought out his salad roll, his yeah. ham and salad yeah. roll, and he peeled back the salad roll, took the lettuce, the cheese off, took the ham off, and there he had his little hip flask. In the role. Yes, You're joking. Role. Caught on camera you as well. You never have got it. No. You couldn't have got it. How you would couldn't it, have got see, it. See, why couldn't security get that amongst yeah. the mayo and so, the cheese? And the... So I suppose when you go into that level to say, look, he wanted a little snort of whiskey or Bundy or whatever he had in there. I'm not sure what he had in there. But you know, to, to camouflage it to that level. So he had <laughs> uh, foil, glad wrap, and then inside the roll – was completely covered by the salad, the cheese, the ham, whatever, and and the roll itself. Out he pulls this little hip flask to have a bit of a bit of a snort during the day. Brilliant. Stop it? flares, sniffer dogs. Gee, that'd be a, that would be a massive expense if you had to have dogs at every gate. Oh, God, I can't see that. Flares are an easy fix, though, says Andy Mitchum. If caught carrying one at a sporting venue, it's a life ban and a ten thousand dollar fine. Uh, $1,000 per person fine from a section where flare is thrown if individual is not identified. It should also be illegal to carry a flare publicly except on a boat. We need to take a break, Simon. Uh, before we go to a break, cheery, uh, cheery hello to Ryan and Will. They're out fishing for squid at Black Point in South Australia. Oh, listening to us on the app. Magnificent. How good is that from the boys? I hope it's a good morning out there, boys. They'll back shortly right here on Summer Break. The Kogan Money Credit Card, packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Tell you what, if you're still on annual leave, you are living the dream at the moment. Another cracking day, headed for a top of 31 degrees, bright blue skies, uh, magnificent warmth uh, in the air today in Melbourne town. And this text caught my eye, though, during the break, Scoob. Uh, the findings of a coronial inquest into a deceased cow on a Kilmore farm yesterday have been released and have confirmed that a farmer got into difficulties after having fallen into the dam, at which time the cow entered the dam and was able to drag the farmer to safety, but the cow sadly died soon after, given the load-bearing ratios involved. <laughs> Magnificent. If you missed it earlier, Simon had a fair day yesterday. He, uh, he had to uh, pull a cow out of a dam um, on a property uh, that unfortunately had passed, but... Um, which is no small feat, obviously, as you might uh, appreciate. So there you go. Um, <laughs> oh, <that's true. laughs> a uh, Macca in a text in as well. Morning, gents. Just wondering what date players, not commentators, including Simon, or I'm not sure about that, Macca, uh, leave for India. Suspect the finals of Big Bash will be a bit of a flop with international stars, uh, test stars missing and kids back at school, given the dates of the last two finals of Feb 2nd and 4, hopefully remedied in 2024. Well, they might well be because they're talking about 
reducing uh, the games yes. from 61 to 43, 43 I think it might I think be. It is, yep. Yeah, as soon as next summer. And I would argue, and I think most people surely would agree here, that is a wise decision. And I think they're going to have a good springboard to do that because the popularity of the BBL this year is... I reckon it's come I back a bit. it's been an increase from last year. The, the, the games seem to have a little bit more throttle in them than we did last year. So I think it's rebuilding. And then the, the, the shorter season next year, I think it will even pump it up a bit further. So I think they're on the right track. And it's a lot more difficult than what you might suspect to do something like this. You know, there's agreements with venues, there's sponsorships, there's TV rights money at stake and, and all the rest of it. But to go from 61 to 43, I think would be great. It fits in the school holiday window. So the, the, the attendances are protected. And also, hopefully, maybe the marquee players are protected. And we might be able to hang on to Chris mm, Lee for the entire tournament right. rather than see him go off to the UAE. It's such a crowded market. The tournament goes for so bloody long, we can never keep anyone. But not that South Africa play a, a dominant role in the internationals here for our big bash, but they're starting their own big bash league or 2020 league in January next year as well. Mm. So, or, or actually, it might be kicking off this year. Uh, no, I, I shouldn't actually. I've got my wires crossed, but they are they are filling in January with a with a, a league of their own in South Africa. So we we don't see a lot of the South Africans out here, but um, we'll we'll probably see nil of them next year. Now I don't know what the financial inducements will be in that competition to possibly challenge the BBL if I've got my dates right. Any update I on India? Check that before I even said it. No, that's all right. Any update on India and Pakistan playing at the MCG again? Any little whispers? Discussions continue. Talks ongoing. Yeah, talks ongoing. Now you know how you might not only be just a single test. Oh, multiple tests. Maybe multiple tests. Wow, at the G. Mm-hmm. I'd love the sound of that. Stay tuned. We will stay tuned. I am tuned. I'm tuned in. Now, we've got last fan standing later on at about 8.20, as I said earlier, uh, the trip to, to Delhi to watch the second test all laid on magnificently. Uh, you know how you were a little bit concerned about the quality of the questions as we move towards you January You go down 30th. the hint line here, I'm going to be really... On, no hints. No hints. I, I know the theme of today's quiz, which doesn't, no give, any, theme. doesn't give anything it away. Does. No theme. Okay. Well, there is a theme, but I won't reveal no it for theme. now. You are not to re- release the theme. Do you know what's behind glass? It's embargoed. Do you know the quiz uh, theme that is behind glass, though, for a, for, a, for a date to be confirmed? It's the Simon O'Donnell quiz. Oh, stop. Oh, yeah. Silly. Yeah, now I, I might have to read that one out, but there will be there will be a Simon know, O'Donnell I'll be happy quiz. To do You'll be. <laughs> and he's the Victorian Simon O'Donnell. Yes, there will no, be there one. Be no, there, there will not be. Absolutely, will be eleven questions on the Great Scoob. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sad if I can't answer some of them. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Maybe you could be the lifeline. No, we can't go introduce. Oh, the, my, the questions have arrived. The uh, Security firm has come in and they've dropped them off. They've opened the case and I'm having a look. I'm waiting for someone to open the batting and have the red ink at the end. I'm still waiting for that. I'm still waiting for someone to bat through. It might be today. 8.20. Okay, take a break. The Kogan Money Credit Card. Packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast.
Oh, Chris has texted in about the quiz and my suggestion someone could bat through and carry their bat. Sam, get serious, mate. Have you been listening to the quiz questions? Nobody's going to carry their bat through the quiz. That's from Chris in Point Cork. Look at James a very smart, the other day. A smart audience. Too short. Indeed. And as you've uh, alluded to, you think the maybe the, the quiz, well, it's either going to get harder or it's going to get easier as we scramble for, or more importantly, not we, Brooksy scrambles for, for questions in the back end. But uh, I think we'll be right. Yeah, he I needs we'll... to that, put that... a bit more thought into it. No, place, they've been fantastic. Instead of going down and buying pints in the afternoon no. <laughs> at the local pub, he should put a bit more effort in. Now, have you got some questions lined up for a Chana Murray Bartlett? I yes, mean, I have. I've got so many here because I think this He's is going to be. running over 6,500 Ks, which well, I find remarkable. It, it, it's, it's hard to know where to start. So she's running from Cape York to Melbourne, it's 150 odd marathons consecutively. And we're going to have a chat to her. She's uh, right down to the pointy end of it as well. I think she's back near her hometown. Four days to go, I think. I think so. And 151, so, got four to go. She's raising funds for the Wilderness Society. Really looking forward to a chat with her, and we'll do so after this news update. The Kogan Money Credit Card. Packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Sam Edmonds, Simon O'Donnell with you on a glorious Wednesday morning here in Melbourne. And we've seen, Simon, as we said earlier, some crazy running challenges in recent times. You know, our very own Kane Corns ran from Adelaide to Melbourne. Then there was the ridiculous Perth to Sydney trek from uh, Ned Brockman. But how's the feat taken on by Okana Murray-Bartlett? Now, Okana is nearing the end of her staggering tip-to-toe campaign, which involves running a marathon every day from, from Cape York, not exactly around the corner, until she reaches uh, Melbourne. By the time she does so, she will have culminated in almost 150 days of marathons, and we're talking, you know, uh, somewhere in the vicinity of 6,200 kilometres. Okana, it's a big welcome to SEN. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. How are you? Well, we're well. You sound good too. It's just how's that how, how are you so fresh? I um I always feel good for the first half of uh, each marathon, and then the second half's a bit of a trek. So I I kickstarted pretty early today. I think it's about to be 31 degrees a little later. I'm here in Marysville, um, and I'm only about 18k in. So it starts to get hard now. That's for sure. Jeez, you're joining us mid marathon as well. It's just incredible what you're doing. I mean, if we can, obviously you're in Marysville. Can we get an update on how many marathons you've now done, and and how many you've got to go? Yeah, so today's 145, so I'm right near the finish line. Um, that's 145 of 150, so my last marathon will be Monday the 16th in Melbourne. So I'm really only, what, two, 200 kilometres from the finish line now, so almost there. <laughs> it's a stone throw for you. I mean, how would you describe, you sound great, I mean, but how would you describe your physical state right now? I mean, is it still, is it still fun? It, it comes and goes, I'll be honest with you. Some days it's, it's great. I've, um, I've been really lucky this last, since I hit Victoria, I've had a lot of people, groups um, run with me, so I haven't been solo. This is actually my, my, my final solo run, and that was just an opportunity today to kind of take stock of it all before it gets into a, a busy couple of days ahead. Um, but no, I, I definitely have my moments. I'm usually pretty tired and stroppy in the afternoons. Um, I put all my energy in just to getting that 42 in, and then can't really do much else in the day so it takes a lot of energy. Okay, so for the rest of the day after you put that 42 in you've done it you know, you know 150 odd times what do you do in the what's the recovery how do you get yourself up for that next day? 
it's changed as the year's gone on. So between August and December, I was really busy. I was doing a lot of school visits in regional Australia. I was doing a lot of um, visits to wild uh, care centres and rehabilitation centres and uh, community groups. But since Christmas has slowed down, it's given me a chance to, to actually recover. So I definitely try and put my feet up and have a nap if I can. But in saying that, because I moved south, we have to set up the camper every day, find the location, find showers, find food, reset up the camper. So there's actually a lot that goes on behind the scenes that means that sometimes recovery is the last thing on the list. Please don't tell me you finish a marathon, then go and hit a tent peg in. Yes, exactly what I do. Oh, oh no. setting up a tent's hard when you're fresh. Oh, it's not quite a tent. It's a it's a, it's an off road trailer. So it's like a ca- it's like a camper trailer. So it needs to be set up. Um, it's got tent poles and all that, but it's not it's not a on the ground. Oh. It's a it's a bit more lush. It's got a kitchen, so I can cook oh. food and and um you know and live out of that. Jeez, unbelievable! Oh. Unbe- so I don't know if one readily comes to mind, Akana, but what's been your most difficult day if there has been one where you know mentally it's been a real challenge or even physically I know you've been in the in the high country but what, what's been the most challenging day oh it stands out like a sore thumb so it was this one day I can't remember roughly when but it was in Queensland it was along the Bruce Highway it was south down this one Bruce Highway that had roadworks the whole way oh. uh, so the traffic was there was no shoulder because they were working on it so I was pretty much running into traffic that was back bumper to bumper I had a headwind for the entire 42 kilometres and oh. I lost my headphone halfway through so I had no music wind heat traffic and just no road to run on because it was just under roadworks and I just remember finishing that run and thinking oh if I have another one of those I'm not going to get through but thankfully I also have you know 99% beautiful runs in the, in the wilderness so you need the good ones um, but yeah I guess I definitely appreciate them after the, the bad ones. And what sort of times are you running those marathons in each day? And I'm assuming you're not smashing yourself to break the clock. Yeah <laughs> No, it's not a sprint. No, it's definitely, um, and I've come from a competitive marathon background, so I actually had to teach myself to slow down because I was mm-hmm. wearing myself out in the early days. But they were sitting around four hours, four hours, 12 north. But now that I'm here in Victoria, all of my old running community are volunteering to run with me. And, oh, wow, they have put the um, <laughs> turned on the heat because the last couple have been between three hours 30 and three hours 50. And, yeah, it's definitely been really exhausting this last two weeks now that all the Vic runners are here. You've got to bark at them to slow down a bit. Now, you're raising money. We need to point out this is, this is the whole cause of it. I mean, what are you doing and who are you doing it for? Yeah, so the the goal is to, well, we've hit the goal, was to raise $62,000 for the Wilderness Society. Start with $10 per kilometre I've run. But now we have a, we're not setting a, a ceiling. We're going to go as high as we can. Um, I'm raising money for national parks, animals, at-risk wildlife, because Australia is a, unfortunately a world leader in biodiversity loss. So my initial goal was to, to counteract a bad world record with a good world record. Now, this wasn't your goal, but you've got yourself into the Guinness World Record books as well, haven't you? I have, yep. So the current, well, the previous world record was 106 marathons in a row. That was held by two Scottish women only recently in, in June of last year. So I do feel a little bad. I've come in and smashed it. Quickly, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I broke that in Newcastle on the 4th of December. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to give a bit of a buffer because I truly believe that records aren't meant to hold on to. They're a goalpost for the next person. But I just wanted to kick that ball as far, far down the field as I could. Can, can you tell us your route? coming into Melbourne yeah. because 
We've already got text messages coming through here at SEN this morning saying we'd love to know what roads you're taking so they can uh, the folk can come out and cheer you on. That's amazing. So I'm in um, Marysville today. I'm running into Hillsville tomorrow uh, through um, the Warburton Rail Trail to Lilydale uh, and then in and around Melbourne. So um, on my website, well, not my website, but all through socials, just this morning we released the exact start times, the routes, the everything you need to know to come and run for as little as much as you like. So that's on Tip to Toe 2022 and they're 100% invite like pu- sorry public only please come i'd love the company it would be amazing oh so i'm just looking at it now so www.tiptotoe2022.com is where we that's can it. yeah awesome that's great that's so so physically how are you i mean how how is the body after after going where it's never gone before you know the funny thing is i got all my injuries early i got all my injuries in the first say three or four weeks because my body wasn't used to doing 300k a week it just that's just something that's kind of relatively unheard of and so once it got used over the injuries and and used to it 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 definitely hasn't had any injuries since then which to be honest I'm just as surprised as anyone else I did not know that this was possible I've been kind of just waking up and testing the waters every single day and to still be here running is, is is actually really surprising and it just kind of shows what the body can do if you if you just give it a go and the feet are okay the toes they're all good they're okay. They're, they're pretty much just calluses now. Um, so there's no blisters because you can't get, break through the calluses. jeez. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a very vivid picture you painted there. And you, mu- you must be on good terms with the caffeine as well, with the coffee in the morning. Yeah, it's the first thing I do. So I'll finish. I'll start with a coffee and, and finish with a coffee. And you know there's some racing gels now that are, that are mostly coffee too so I'm definitely am and I'm having no problem sleeping whatsoever I'm sleeping you know seven and a half eight even nine hours straight out at night it's it's, it's a good for the good for the sleep habit that's for sure I'm tired yeah I'm looking at Simon here Akana and he just looks like he's seen a ghost he, he feels sick <laughs> uh, it's puts up the tent and then yeah. takes it down yeah. in the morning before she goes and runs another marathon I oh, know you haven't bent too many tent pegs have you in your in your fatigued state no, you're not putting... oh, I've definitely uh, done a silly, couple of silly things. I waited for about two hours once. RAC would have been queue. I was in Queensland because I thought the battery had died, but I just hadn't put the car in drive, you know, when it's in park and you can't turn it. I was just so tired, I couldn't realise. So that was a dark moment. <laughs> Okana, magnificent what you're doing there. And, and very nice of you to join us, you know, 18 kilometres into India run today. You're in a beautiful part of Victoria, of course. Uh, enjoy the final uh, few days and the run to the line here in Melbourne. It's going to be magnificent. Hopefully lots of people can get behind you on the road uh, and support you. Well done. Thanks so much. And yeah, come for a run, everyone. It's going to be awesome. Well done. How good's that? Okana Murray Bartlett, uh, Tip to Toe. So you can find that website again. It is tiptotoe2022.com. And as Okana just said, she's had it all uploaded there in terms of uh, her route, when she's leaving and, and where she's going. But um, I just oh. You can't say it. Seriously. You can't say it. extraordinary. You can't say anything. It is a staggering oh. achievement. She sounds, oh, how fresh. I was expecting to have a zombie on the other end oh, of the line. So, oh, And I would have been completely yeah, understanding. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I know there's four to go. Yeah, I've just got to get through them. 155, she's yeah. running. 155 yeah. Yeah. Well marathons. done. Well done. And great that she's raising money for the Wilderness oh Society as, uh, as well. So a fair old achievement. Uh, get behind her and support her if you can. And obviously at the website you can donate um, and we encourage you to do so. Uh, as inspiring, isn't it? Uh, now it's time for this. The Kogan Money Credit Card. Packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. 
Summer Breakfast. Last fan standing, thanks to Mackers. Nobody feels the weight of this more than you. Solomon O'Donnell limbering up. He's like Merv Hughes in front of Bay 13 all those years ago, just doing his stretches, practising his unique New York, his pronunciation, a bit of Ron Burgundy as well. But he's fired up. He's ready to go. And a bit of Ron Burgundy. Chris in Point Cook might be right, you know. He had a go at me earlier saying, you've been listening to this quiz, nobody's going to carry their bat. Well, I've just cited the questions for today. Starts off moderate, and then, uh, yeah, there's a pretty high degree of difficulty in this one. So um, don't despair um, if you're back in the queue today. You may very well be needed. We might go the full distance because uh, 11 pretty tricky questions here, Scoob. Yep. Let's go to Tim from Cheltenham. G'day, Tim. G'day, boys. I've called too early. No, you might oh, you might no, just Tim, be you might be on the, on the verge of a miracle here, Timmy. I'm backing you in. You never know. Who took the most test wickets for Australia? In the 2022 calendar year, Tim? Um, would it be Pat Cummins? No, you, you called a bit early. <laughs> Rob joins us from Roval. G'day, Rob. G'day, guys. How are you? The uh, top wicket taker for Australia in the 2022 calendar year was? Was it Nathan Lyon? That's it, yeah. Rob. Well done. Gary. Where does Shane Warne sit on the all-time wickets taken in Test cricket? Uh, second, I think. Second. Mutaya Muralitharan is the man on top. Shane Warne has the record for the most wickets in a, in a calendar year. How many wickets did he take that year? Now, this is multiple choice, Rob, sorry. 95, 96 or 97? Uh, I'll take the middle one, 96. Oh. Rob, good did it, work. Did it in 2005. I like that multiple choice. Sean Tate, the wild thing, is the second on the list for the fastest official ball bowled of all time. Now, to the nearest kilometre, how fast was that ball? 161 kilometres, 162 kilometres, or 163 kilometres an hour? Uh, I go 161. Oh, he's looking it. good, Rob. Rob good here. work. He's looking good. Good work. Rob, how many test wickets did Glenn McGrath take? Uh, 555. Bad luck, Rob. Did some heavy lifting. Did some heavy lifting. All right, good work, Rob. Chris from Point Cook. Oh, it's my mate Chris. Chris. Uh, Good morning, Sam. How are you, Scoop? Chris, I'm very well. How many test wickets did Glenn McGrath take, Chris? Uh, 563. Yes, Chris. Chris, of the current Australian bowling group, who has taken the most test wickets? Okay. Uh, of the current group? Yep, the current group. Nathan Lyon. Nathan Lyon, well done. Chris, which bowler and wicketkeeper hold the record for the most caught and bowled wickets as a combination? Mm. Uh, Australian? Yeah. Caught someone, uh, bowled someone. Uh, Healy Warren. No. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm surprised this is... your mates to ring up? It's not my mate. No, I'm, I said that because he, he said, uh, no, I can carry their bat. He texted her earlier. This, oh, I'm oh. not giving it away, but it's hard to believe that this is still the case. Oh, no. It could be anyone. Hi, Darren. How are you, Simon? 
Very well. Which bowler and wicketkeeper hold the record for the most caught and bowled wickets as a combination? DK and Rodney Marsh. Mm. What a well combo. Done, what a combo. Which country did Peter Siddle take his hat trick against on his birthday in 2010? England. Final question, Darren. No. No. Nearly. Final question. Don't tease him on that. He's got three to go. Oh, hang on. You just move that. Stop moving the question. <laughs> Darren, which player took six for 79 in the second innings of his debut match in 2011 against South Africa? Pat Cummins. Good work, Darren. Good work, Darren. Two to go. Darren, it took Michael Clark just five balls to secure a test win for Australia against India in 2008. How many wickets did he take in those five balls? Four. Got oh. Tim joins us from Brighton. G'day, Tim. Uh, g'day, Simon. How are you, mate? Good. Five very valuable balls from Michael Clark in 2008 to bowl Australia to a test win over India. In those five balls, how many wickets did he take? Was it three? Three was quite right. He could have timed it perfectly here. Tim, here we go. Which current fast bowler has a brother who has won a Commonwealth Games gold medal? Uh, Is it Stark? Mitchell Stark. Yes, he's done done it. Timmy from Brighton. Good on you, Timmy. Well done. You're in the pool. You are in the pool for uh, the ultimate last fan standing, and that is to get yourself to Delhi for the second test. Five nights premium, five-star accommodation, the spending money, all the hospitality in the world uh, over there in India. So well done to you, mate. Your time, you run beautifully. Thank you very much. All right, Tim. Well, good luck to you for the 30th when we... We might very well speak to you again. Our next chance today is with a pipe. Uh, he's got another seat. In uh... so why we've introduced the pipe to the quiz. <laughs> yeah, got Dwayne. We want to have the show, the A show, with the most listeners. It's uh, crazy good that Dwayne's involved. Uh, he's extremely in... well made point, Dwayne. He's involved the Savo. So uh, if you've missed out this morning and you want to have a crack at redemption, the pipe is with you between 12 and 3, of course. Uh... Loves a tomahawk, the pipe. Dwayne's a tomahawk. Tomahawk steak? Yeah, my word. Does Loves he? Them. Loves them. Absolutely. Never had a tomahawk steak. We had you on the Sporting Flame yet. We haven't had you on. No. We're nearly finished for the year. Might have to wait. (laughs) Get involved on the temper 40 rigs text. I'm just glad you relaxed again because, geez, you you get angry, you get tense, you get a little bit uh, chippy. Uh, You don't like it, but you're doing a fine job. I mean, Tony Barber's not uh, under any sort of threat, but you do a fine job. Scoob needs to change his warm up routine, like counting to 11. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Well, there's pressure here. Yeah. There's a lot on this. Poor old bloke. He said he's his last question. He had three to go. <laughs> and then he was eliminated. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's challenges taking, along the way. There's speed humps. Might take You've you to the ACCC for that sort of behaviour. Uh, Consumer's <laughs> Choice winner, Tepper Mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. We know they conform to the exact shape of your body, and they are absolutely magnificent. We're going to have a chat to Hilton Cartwright. Shortly, Melbourne star struggling. Two and seven on the season, stuck at the foot of the table. They've had some coulda moments, some shoulda woulda moments, but they just haven't so far. And they've got some injury troubles as well. It started with, um, you know, the injury, obviously, to, to Maxwell at the start of the year. And now Stoinis has done his hammy. Um, that just hasn't been the season that the Melbourne stars would have wanted. But make, Hilton's make, been doing his bit, batting at three. Note, 
Count from one to eleven. Yeah, count from Sorry, one I'm to eleven. That That's all right. It was a couple just over the page, which made it a bit tricky for you to navigate. I oh, know. Days have all been on the one page. The scroll down gets you in trouble. No doubt about that. Uh, Brooksy, this is Brooksy. Hey, Brooksy's doing doing a good job. Uh, what a prize, though! Absolutely magnificent. So we'll do it all again tomorrow. Um, you just need to time your run for some of them. That was a bowler theme, so I don't know where we're going to go tomorrow. You don't like me revealing the themes, but maybe it's time to dust off the Scubo Donald no, no, quiz no, for tomorrow. No, no, no. All right, well, no, no. Right, there's more good questions. Yeah, you think we're a couple of weeks away from the Simon O'Donnell quiz? We're months away. Okay, months away. <laughs> right Okay, so the Melbourne Stars, they're next in action uh, tomorrow against the Adelaide Strikers, uh, 7.15, that one at the MCG. They need to resurrect this season and they need to start right now. Right, let's get to the newsroom for the headlines and uh, we'll be back right after those. What is it with you and numbers anyway? Can't forget the M. Some smart aleck out the back says you've got an issue with numbers uh, given the Empire Rose barrier draw balls up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wayne Wayne Orks on the blower <laughs> Quick sticks <laughs> Where's my barrier <laughs> oh, Steve hasn't missed you either uh, Don't let Simon do the marathon countdown For that poor runner He'd tell her she had one to go When she's 150 gauge from home <laughs> It would have been alright If he'd gone the distance But his very next question He was booted He'd be spitting chips Wouldn't he Why Oh, Why Why not Lulled into a false sense of security. You've got to stay on your toes in this game. You've got to stay above it. Even you know, when the quiz master's leading not, you astray. It's not going to be simple. You've got to read through what's going on. Oh, dear. Uh, Jesus. Funny. If the quiz master has no idea what's going on, how are they going to know? Gentlemen, looking forward to your interview with Table for Four. Uh, <laughs> cheers, Big Al. I think Big Al texted in yesterday about Hilton Garrett. I don't know. We were debating whether in today's day and age that audio can still be played. I, Why? I thought it was okay, but we play it safe. The Seinfeld episode. What's wrong with it? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, maybe I'm out of touch. Who even? Well, maybe I'm in touch. I don't know. Suggested that it's not oh, playable. I don't know. Just various people around. Uh, Darren's text in uh, decking advice for me. All I can think about is just oiling this deck, to be honest. Get a damp cloth. Wipe the deck first before oiling. It opens the pores, takes in oil better, and lasts longer. Thanks, Dazza. That's what we want. We want longevity. Once a year's enough to do it, or once, what, what do you reckon? 12 months, 18 months? It's, it's going to cop it. some westerly sun, so it's going to get a good, Ooh, hard a cook. Good going. It's going to yeah. get a good cook. Afternoon sun. Yeah, yeah, super hot, yeah, on that thing. So mm. uh, I'm going to give it a heavy go. But uh, yeah, I'll clean it up good and proper. Get some yeah. deck cleaner in there, really blast it off. You'll do a TV show soon, the Flipper. I'll call you Flipper. The Flipper? Yeah. Flip. You buy a house, you do it. <laughs> oh, no. And then you flip I. It. And so far, I don't know how these the people do that. Ends. I don't know how these people do the, the, the renovation specialists. And I know a couple who are just love Flipper it. Flipper Sam. They buy dumps and they t- they do them up and then they sell them, yeah. which is great for the bank balance. My, my sanity, I could not do that. Why? No chance. No. You enjoy it. Because no, you I, know what you're doing. You, I think I'm a one your, and done. Got your I don't know Ash. what I'm doing at all. No. I just, Tassie uh, Ash is, I just is pay the people the deck, who do it? know what they're doing. Uh, what's it called? Ash? Silver Ash. Silver Ash. Silver Ash. Yeah. So the, we wanted the black butt, but I think with all the rain up there, it, mm. you know, supplies obviously it an issue. Wet the black butt. B- wet butt. Tom's texting. Um, out of nowhere, Tom. Sick of the rubbish Carlton excuses, Tom says. Brisbane missing Hipwood, Rainer, Danaher for massive chunks. Also started their rebuild two years after Carlton and played in prelims and finals every year. Walsh is just an accumulator anyway, so stop sooking. 
Not sure where that's come from, Tom, that little attack. Got no problem with the Lions. Oh, I like Brisbane Lions. They're a great football club. What's happened with Tom? Oh, he's fired up. It's it's January. Got to get fired up for the Lions, Chris Fagan's Stays mind. in control until we start in March. Yes, that's right. A long way out. Current supporters are like, well, WTF? I really don't like that grab, Coxie. I'm not sure why I don't, but I really don't. No, I do know why I don't, and I really don't. Um, we're going to take a break. Hilton Cartwright's going to join us on the other side mm. of this. Um, He's batted all over that order for the Stars, I see, but just the last couple of matches elevated him to three, and he's done some damage there. It is his spot, isn't it? Yeah. They just need a few more like him to come along for the ride. Uh, Get involved on the Temper 40 Winks text any time you like. They are the consumer's choice winner. Temper mattresses, pillows, adjustable bases, and they conform to the exact shape of your body. Back shortly. The Kogan Money Credit Card, packed full of value with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Well, she's been a tough old BBL season thus far for the Melbourne Stars, who do sit on the bottom of the table, um, but they get the chance to resurrect their season starting tomorrow night against the Adelaide Strikers. And our next guest, Scoob's been doing his bit with the bat in recent times. Hilton Cartwright joins us on the line. Hilton, welcome to you. Thanks for your time, mate. Morning, gents. How you doing? We are well here. Uh, we were just discussing earlier before you joined us that batting at three seems to suit you. You enjoying it? I actually am. I mean, you won't find many batsmen that won't turn down an opportunity to bat in the top four. And uh, I was fortunate fortunate enough for Huss to come to me uh, game before last. So we're going to throw you up the top. Um, so yeah, jump at it and grab grab with both hands and hopefully keep cashing in. What's working for you? Do you think what's what's making it uh, what's making it possible? Obviously, fifty-seven against the Hurricanes, but I think thirty-six against the Sixers as well. All at a good clip. So, what what's working for you? Uh, honestly, I'm just trying to see ball, hit ball. Um, the Sean Marsh theory: don't think about the game too much. Um, just basically go out there and try to play my natural game, and um, hopefully that works out for the team. Which, unfortunately, we haven't. We posted a nice score against the Sixers. Um, we struggled the other night against the Hurricanes. Uh, but it's just trying to go out there and just and, and back my processes and um, back what I'm doing in the nets. It's going to work out in the middle and get some confidence that way. Hilton hasn't been the easiest year for the stars. You know the, the man cad and you know things just haven't rolled out as you would like them. Have you guys discussed where you're at and, and what you need to do for the the rest of the year and ha- most importantly how to go about it? Yeah, we've, we after a game we have a small review on. Um, how we can get better and what we didn't do well and what we what we need to improve on and take that into the next training session and really keep honing in our skills. We've had moments, we've had a lot of moments in games where we've just missed the opportunity to to grab and and they can be quite pivotal times during those games. So it's obviously been quite disappointing to to be losing that amount of games. We've been in a lot of situations where we've had potential to win them. Uh, we've just unfortunately dropped the catch or or miss the run out at certain situations that's actually been quite pivotal in being four and four and five or or, or, or better. So um, it's been it's been tough work, but the guys are it's lot of flogging themselves on the track and we're just waiting for those results to start turning around. Mate, talk us through the tactics of those moments. You know, in in four day cricket and five day cricket it's you know it's winning a session in one day international cricket or one day cricket it's sort of, you know, winning the next ten overs or winning the next five overs. You you're doing a breakdown to Get yourself back into the match if the momentum's, you know, there's been a shift against you a bit. 
what are the sort of things you, you talk about over a 20-over period of you know those important moments that you've got to win? I think it, it, it starts on a similar basis of that one-day career when you try to build, build pressure for 10-overs. In 2020 career, you build pressure for two or three-overs. Uh, we saw against the Scorch as we dropped Faf Duplessis on 20, he goes on to make 60 or... Uh, we missed a run out again on, uh, sorry, stumping off Moses on Riggs when he was on about 10. He goes on to make 50. So, and that's all built up over pressure from our bowls, which have done an exceptional job for the majority of the competition. Um, so it's moments like that that can really define how that innings, that that batting or bowling innings ends up being. Um, so I think we're working on those to try and win those moments. You see guys who are at the top of the table, uh, like the Scorchers are taking those opportunities and the Sixers have done it for a long period of time. So it's just a matter of, I mean, I, th- I think I saw a stat on um, the, during the game last night of percentage drop catches and Melbourne Stars are down the bottom of the list. So that kind of reflects where we are on the table. Because um, if you're taking those opportunities, if you're building enough pressure, you still have to take the opportunities, which we haven't done at the moment in, in the games thus far. And you're talking of keeping things simple. I mean, that's exactly it. When you, when you look at a statistic like that and say, well, we're probably four catches away from not being on the bottom of the BBL table but sitting second or third yeah absolutely we've literally had i reckon three three out of our um eight games so far we've had opportunities where we could have buried games and doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win the game because uh, someone else can come out and have a blinder but it certainly goes a long way if you get a star player of the opposition out early goes a long way and you're winning that game as as we've seen on, on our half when one of our good players gets out early it goes a long way for the opposition to win the game. And we've just unfortunately missed some of those moments. Haven't had a lot of luck with injury either, have you, Hilton? How's Marcus's uh, hammy going? Uh, It's going okay. We've obviously got a very busy period um, coming up over the next five, six days. So um, he obviously didn't travel to Hobart, so no one's seen him for a couple of days. Hopefully he can get up for um, whether whether or not it's going to be tomorrow. But if it's not tomorrow, hopefully for the the derby at Etihad will be um, really nice at Marvel. So it'll be nice to see him up for that. It's always a a big occasion, but um, we haven't seen him, so hopefully he's tracking all right. And I, I guess if you were a footy team in a, in a long season right now, we'd be asking what the morale is like around the group and, you know, is the, is the mood, you know, um, waning as such. But it, such is the, I guess, the relentless nature of this tournament um, backing up so quickly. I mean, do you even have time to get down in the dumps? Is it a feeling that, you know, one match can turn it all around and you get the next opportunity so quickly? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. It's it's another opportunity when your next game comes up. We've still got um, five games to be able to put performances on the board, and that's also part of being a the, the hard part about being a professional cricketer, being able to park past games and and poor performances, and being able to walk out of the next game with a clean slate in your mind and going, "This is going to be my day," and and preparing as best as you can for that. Which I think the guys are doing really well, considering we've only won two games. I mean, that's, like I said, that's just part of being a professional sportsman. You've got to park it. And the guys who turn that form around really quickly are the guys who've got great mental strength and, and are able to do that on a, on, a, um, on a quick basis. Hilton, you've been part of the BBL for a while now. How are you seeing this year's tournament? And what do you think of next year with the shortened mm-hmm. version of how the game's going to look? I think this year's actually been a... Um, obviously, the last couple of years has been tough in terms of crowds and, and COVID and bubbles and, and the such. But I think this year's actually been an exceptional competition. There's been some great crowds, some unbelievable games. And I think next year, that's just going to heighten it more with the with the buzz that it's created this year. I think 
less games is certainly going to make it better because more people are going to want to get down and watch it live and the atmosphere of all games is just going to increase dramatically again on top of this year. And there's a bit of talk about a draft. I, I know we, we had a form of it leading into to this season, but every player basically being um, up for draft before a new season, Hilton. I mean, uh, there's a bit of debate around you know where they draw the line in terms of those rusted on figures and the players that have been at clubs for, for so long and where you draw the line. What's your the players' attitude, do you think, towards, you know, a draft next year and beyond? We actually spoke about this um, after the game the other night and I think it'll show the true reflection of what certain valued players are. Um, obviously, the guys who are like your Marcus Stoinis's, your, um, your Ashton Turner's, all your, your guys of high quality really show how much they're in demand for certain clubs and how many people appreciate how good they are. Um, might, might might not say the same for the the young blokes who are trying to make a name for themselves. Might be a bit difficult for them to be able to catch on and and do really well in the draft. But I think it'll just show the true reflection of um, the in demand players of the competition. Well, Hilton, we wish you and the, the guys well. Obviously, uh, Adelaide Strikers up next tomorrow, seven fifteen. Now uh, the first ball gets sent down in that one, and uh, I hope it starts here, mate. And we'll we'll speak again. Yep, sounds good. Sounds good, gents. Thanks for having me. Good on you, Hilton Cartwright there. Melbourne Stars batter elevated to three and doing some damage up there too, which we like. That was our McCafe Coffee catch-up. Head to drive through for the Deluxe Ice Coffee range from McCafe. It's that sort of weather at the moment. Real coffee, real deluxe. 40 Winks temper text uh, just chipping along. One came in here from Andrew in Bendigo, though, Scoob, for you. Come on, Solomon. I thought you media were going to stop calling at the Man Cat. Please do as what everyone else is doing. Has everyone else stopped calling at the Man Cat, have they? Not sure. Oh, I'm not sure about that either. Your thoughts, Andrew? It's good. I like it. Run out at non-striker's end, some some just call it. Yeah, Doesn't quite roll Non-striker run out. Non-striker run out. Doesn't have the same effect. Man I know. But non-striker run out. Mm, Jared's well and truly moved over to that side of things. Non-striking Wait, run out. Waitley, yep. Mm-hmm. We did speak about the Mancat family who were you know split. Jared and I aren't getting on overly well at <laughs> <laughs> not seeing eye to eye. Well, you can maybe you can debate it in Delhi when you get over there for the second test. Well, I'm, I want to be there for the first. He won't be there, and it looks like I'm not going because Jared's coming from the Super Bowl. Like he needs a break. Only only one more break for us. We'll wrap over and have another jewels, and we'll get you up to level five. You can catch He's up with tired. Hutchie about He's it. Tired. And finally, present your case. Back after this. The Kogan Money Credit Card. Packed full of value with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Hilton Cartwright, Akana Murray Bartlett and Ben Rothenberg all up on the podcast page at sen.com.au. If you want to catch up on any or all of those, that's where you find them. Tomorrow, Olympic gold medalist Mac Horton, Storm fullback Ron Pappenhausen will join us. Uh, Ron in the States seeing the rehab guru Bill Knowles, of course. He comes back from uh, his long-term injury. I'll tell you what, the Mancat stuff sort of upset a few as well. Uh, oh dear, upsetting the permanently outraged again, says Andy. Perhaps Andrew can send you a list of exactly what you can and can't say. It's a joke. Um, but then there's this. Would you call playing for a free kick a Selwood or ball tampering uh, a Bancroft? Pretty rude. Um, and then some ideas about what to call it. Blumped. Jump on, says Ash. Blumped. Stumped by bowler. NSR. NSR. Non-striker run out. That's like from it. Matt. I don't mind the NSR. Yeah, I like the NSR. That rolls off the tongue quite nicely. Yep. yep. As does NSR, JDS. JDS. I was <laughs> just nice. you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Thank you very much, SOD. Where's Jared? 
Where's Jared? He's having a well-earned break. I told you he needed a rest. <laughs> You'll be fresh Hell for yeah. India. You'll be fresh for India. What's on the show, Jules? Gee, it's a different world than Magic Millions, isn't it? Up there on the Gold Coast. <laughs> oh, yeah. How about, about those The things? cash splashed yesterday. And the, the launch didn't what quite go to plan. 1.625 or 1.65? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, we're over 1.6. Wow. Wayne, Wayne Hawks is Yes, that's right. So Wayne's going to join us uh, today uh, to explain that, explain oh. what's going on and uh, big changes to the Magic Millions, basically doubling the prize money for Next couple of years, going to have Friday night racing up there. So Hawks will keep spacing out 1.6. I'll probably do it again, double it next year too. Mm. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I wonder if you need it? to revisit the Empire Rose Barrier draw with him as well. Oh. No? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, numbers have been a big big issue for us this morning, so I just thought it was pertinent. I only Was it only ever taught to count to 10? Yes, well, that's true. Mm. And the quiz is long and lengthy. 11 solid ones. We'll do it How's all again. How's the quiz going? Happy with the quiz? I'm happy. Simon gets worked up, like really worked up. So he's always as a big exhale as he's done with mm. it. I think he feels the burden and the weight of it. And mm. the prize is weighty. That's a, it's very weighty. So that's fine. Mm. He's been flawless. So, well, apart from his little little slip up today, he's been <laughs> relatively flawless. I rolled one of the contestants into a false sense of security. Well, thanks. Saying last quit, you know, one to go. Mm. There wasn't. There was three to go. Oh. And then? Got him. <laughs> Thank God Gazy's not doing it. Took him 20 minutes to do a five-question quiz. So if he was doing 11, you'd have to clear two segments. Uh, it goes quickly. Simon doesn't like to be interrupted during his no. quiz. And that's fair enough. All right, Jules. Sam no, feels sorry for people and I, tries to give them hints and stuff. I want to focus on sporting feuds today. Off the back of uh, Harry V. William. Just oh, yeah. the famous, not, not rivalries like Carlton Collingwood or whatever, just feuds. Oh, Personal feuds. There's been so many over the journey. Bitter, divisive. What's the worst one? Hardy and Mick comes to mind. That's one I was thinking of, Brad Hardy and Mick Malthouse. Mm -hmm. There's been a What about Sheeds and... um, Robert Walls? No. Uh, Marshmallows. Mitchell White. Derek Kickett. Kickett. Yeah, 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 there's a personal feud. They're the sort of ones we're looking for. Good on you. Got any good cricket feuds for us, Scoot? We all got on. (laughs) No problem. Cricketers, cricketers all got on, didn't they? We all got on. Oh, I like the, I like the no sound problem. of that. What about Chappelle both? Both and Beefy. Mm. Pretty, yeah, that's before yeah. my time. Before your time. No, yeah, yeah no, I day. know, but they're all we part, of the, we part of the on. cricket family. We used to go and get a pint at the pub. S- 19 bucks 40 for a pint? No, no, it was about 85 cents. In 85 those cents, days. yeah. <laughs> went at the Byron Bay pub, no doubt about that. Joe the cameraman and Scott Muller? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's slow, Jay. <laughs> Looking forward to it, Jules, doing a tremendous job. Uh, so stay tuned, uh, JDS, with you for mornings at a nine o'clock, right up before he hands over the pipe at midday, of course, for a bit of midday madness on Dwayne's World. And he's also and got a seat and Can't the quiz. He and he's got a last fan standing as well. So we'll see you again tomorrow at six o'clock. Stay with us.